Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. This is Milan Lucic, and you're listening to Missing Curfew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien coming to you from Hall Pass Media in beautiful Newport Beach, California with my boy, William Scotty Updog. How we doing? Oh, I got the shades on. Eh? I thought I'd, I thought I'd go like Johnny, our boy from Dirty. Buddy, <laughs> with Johnny, he, by the way, he's a fucking beauty. Both those guys are beauties. Yeah, that was they're one of both our, beauties. That was one of our greatest uh, episodes. A little off topic with the, you know, we brought in a little culture and yeah. rock, which is great. Hockey and rock and roll go hand in hand. Listen we to Dirty our, Honey out there, people. Fuck, hell yeah, we me. hope our fans loved it. But boys, nice to be back in the studio. Obes got a nice tan. Fuck. Hair's looking mint. Well, you got a nice little curl going there. We'll get into the Broadway Jimmy Scoops. Hayes, are you back in Beantown, baby? I'm in Beantown, boys. You know, I just got to do a quick little uh, golf yesterday, but everything's temp here still. The the, the, the tee boxes are open, but the greens aren't open yet. The clubs open up this weekend. We got some good weather, so it's getting a little bit closer to Newport Beach. The, the night, nightclubs or clubs? <laughs> no, no, no nightclubs. Oh, shit. Up dog, that's when you know we're getting a little spoiled out here in Southern California. Broadway's playing golf on temporary greens. If our, <laughs> if our greens get our greens are getting punched out here in two weeks, I'm like, are you guys fucking nuts? Punching the greens yeah. are perfect. Do you want to get punched? I'll fucking punch you. You punch our greens, you're going to get punched. So Broadway, that's like what you know, me and up, you're getting soft. You're like, fuck, it's nice to be out there, temp greens, but... Me and up here, like, oh, boys, we're punching the greens. Let's let's go back out to somewhere else that we don't have to play. And no greens. golf cart, boys. I had a walk. No mm. chance. You're too good. You play too many games to walk. You, what do you mean? You had to carry <laughs> your bag? Answer. You had to carry your bag? What's up? No, I carry my bag, everything. There's nobody there. There's nobody at the course. It's fairly <laughs> open, but I'm See, just getting the swings in. We're not about that. We, we, we have quality golf is the only thing. We talked about this years ago. We travel. We only want to play quality golf, quality greens. We want to eat good food, quality food, all right? <laughs> Chase quality, you know what? <laughs> everything everything is quality, 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 all right? Uppie Beggars did, can't be choosers out here on the East Coast. Uppie, These glasses Uppie, are fucked, boys. He did say that, right? When we, so we joined Big Canyon and Hazy. We used to like, fuck, we played Pelican Hill, which is a nice track, but we played Oak Creek. We'd play fucking anywhere. Like, we didn't care when we first started living all out here. And then we joined Big Canyon and, and, and Updoc's just like, I'm like, you want to go play Oak Creek? He's like, fuck that. Quality golf from here on in. And we haven't, uh, <laughs> we haven't turned back. So, Paisy, we're happy that you, um, you know, that you got the golf course out there. I, but I, when COVID first hit, they shut down our Big Canyon too, Hazy, like shut her down. And I show up there. First time we played, they let us have caddies. And the kibosh caddies because of COVID. And I'm out there carrying my fucking bag. And I'm like, I, I played too many games to be carrying my own fucking bag. I had to take a little hiatus. I went to Scottsdale with Loops and the boys to ride golf carts. I couldn't carry my bag up. No, no, no. You got to save your legs, save your back. That's, that's how soft I am nowadays. So, Hazy, we're, we're happy you're out there teeing it up with that sick tin roof two hat on you got there, fella. Oh, yeah. Bizzle. Bizzle hooked me up. Bizzle. Tahoe, boys. Boys, we got another great guest coming on. Uh, 
former Boston Bruin, Stanley Cup champ, Milan Lucic. We'll get to him in a little bit. Let's talk about something, Uppy, that, you know, I appreciate you coming on with Cooley yesterday with me on the power play. We talked about the Brandon Tanev hit. We haven't had a chance to talk about it. Um, you know, what were your thoughts when you saw it? What were your thoughts when Sid came out and basically said, like, fuck, we don't know what's going on. You know, we need less gray area. And I think Sid was saying he wants that hit still in the game. Well, because he went through it all, right? Like, boys, I'll just touch on this. Last night I'm sitting at home. I put on fucking NHL net. I got the NHL app. And I hammer 1984 fucking Wayne Gretzky and the Oilers versus the fucking New York Islanders, okay? <laughs> and I am watching barbaric hockey. Isn't it and fun? It, and it was, it was everything. I sat there. I laughed. I loved it. I'm talking NHL finals, and there are elbows getting thrown around everywhere. Guys playing with no buckies. Dave Semenko going around just, like, grabbing guys <laughs> by the throat. And then Gretz, like, doing his thing. And to me, that was like, no one sat in their seat, by the way. Just so you know, like the fans all love the, the energy. Like there was just penalties and holds, but they let the boys play. There needs to be uh, let the boys play, you know, let them govern themselves. Let the stick work. If the guys want to take care of, you know, s- stuff with stick work, there's going to be some fisticuffs. Hockey fights are up. Fight, fighting in hockey's up. So, so that's good. But controversy in hockey is good for us we get something to talk about especially if there's hits so you're an old school guy i fucking played hard with the fucking you know going to the net hard finishing checks maybe hitting high a few times <laughs> jimmy was jimmy's a, a monster maybe didn't hit as much as he should have but you know he was he, he played <laughs> u.s he, he played u.s style hockey anyway so listen i'll just jump into it Obs. i'll answer your question i came on your show thanks for having me yesterday i loved it always it's welcome cool. he's a beauty always welcome and uh you bring, up, you bring up a good point. Tanev is a guy, he's not very big, but if he doesn't finish his body checks, if he's not going through guys and, and hitting to hurt, he's not doing what he's there for, no, what he's paid for. He's a professional. He's out there to, to do a few jobs, but some better than others, and that's playing physical for his team. Now, uh, D-man, you're coming up to the red line. We've said this before, and we'll continue to say it again. You're going to get hit. It's our job. It's my job to go put you through the glass. It's my job to actually try to put you in your own fucking bench yeah. and try to hit you that hard. Now, um, he's three feet from the boards. You know, he's following through. He's just releasing the puck. It's shoulder to shoulder. You really got to be prepared, you know. Maybe you got to go back and teach these kids what it's like to to have to absorb body checks to be ready for them because those hits have to stay in hockey. It needs to be physical. Once the playoff comes, those hits are going to happen more and more and more. The first round is the best round to ever watch hockey because guys are putting their bodies on the line and it really sets the tone for for the next three months of hockey. Guys it, aren't banged up. Guy, yet. Guys aren't banged up. You, you, you actually can't feel much in the first round of playoffs. I don't care if, if you go in and you're you know you got a sore knee or a broken thumb put that out the window you don't even feel it because it's playoffs again now we're getting to that crunch time it's 20 20 games left guys are guys are putting their bodies on the line to get points you're playing hurt you know your coaches are wanting you to stay in the lineup you know you you tape an advil to a type mentality (laughs) this is this is hockey where we're at and sid good for you coming out and speaking your mind we need more more of the better athletes and not so much more of the guys that are away from the game now and want to protect the, the players. No, my job is to go out and finish checks against the good players and take them off their game. So that's got to be an emphasis. Jimmy, I know you probably feel the same way with this. We need to keep the hockey. Uh, we need to keep energy up. We need to keep physicality up. 
And refs, put your fucking whistles away. Let these boys play. Yeah, Abby, that's really well said. And I thought you did a great job yesterday with uh, Obes on the power play explaining that. And you touched on it where there's just certain spots on the ice that you know you're going to get hit. And going to the red line, trying to get a puck in deep is probably the prime time spot. Like your job as a defensive forward is to hold the red line. And if you get a chance to lay a licking on a defenseman, you're going to do it. And I think people, the one thing that kind of ticked me off were people were trying to call for the charge on Tanev. Like that's the penalty. He got the charging penalty, I think it was. But Boarding. It was a boarding penalty. Boarding, yeah, boarding. But the new thing in the NHL is tracking back. And he's back. So he's technically back checking. So he's working his ass off to get back. And he's doing a great job angling him. And like you said, Toronto is just in a tough spot. He's a big body. He's probably six feet away from the boards and gets a big hit. I mean, anybody's going to get hurt there. And if you're going to get hurt, I mean, that's part of hockey. Getting hurt is part of the game today. And uh, I just think that this type of hit, the puck carrier needs to protect himself. He needs to know that he's going to get hit hard trying to get the red line to save himself from an ice in. And um, I think that's it on that. I think you did a great job explaining it. I just think these guys need to kind of put themselves in better positions to protect themselves. Yeah, from a defensive perspective, up before you jump in again, from a defensive perspective, when you get the line, you take you know that one, two strides, and you're like, fuck, I got to take that one more stride to get the line, but I know I'm going to get hit. Tenority, fuck, you got to be ready there. You got to realize, okay, you're, they're not just going to give you that fucking line because that line, then you put a dump in their end, bad things are going to happen to them. Like, that's the game of hockey. As a defenseman, you know, you get the line, you come back to the bench, hazing up dark, like, fucking hey, oh, is that a boy? Where to get that line? Well, yeah. you got to pay a fucking price to get that line. And for whatever reason, Tenority... <laughs> he just he's a tough kid he too. is a so tough kid I played against him when, I, when, he, when he was young in the jungle like he was tough he fought I don't know what he was thinking but Updog especially during the second half of the season now and these games are fucking people are playing for their livelihood jobs family winning Stanley Cup that, that there as a defenseman you know you're going to get hit and that's a hit we cannot take out of our game I don't care who the fuck it is I know it I, listen I don't want to see him get hurt Updog He's far from the from the boards. That was a bad part. But that hit, you can't take it out of hockey. You can't take it out of hockey. I don't want to go back to the bench after just flyby. And they're called flybys because it's exactly what it is now. You go to hit the guy, but you don't because you might, you know, I don't want to hurt the guy. <laughs> not not just that, but I don't want to like, I don't want to take myself out of the play. And yeah, like, a lot of coaches tell you to swing, like stay high in the puck or whatever. You do the, the flyby. I come sit down. I put my fucking stick between my legs and I have Ken Hitchcock yelling in the back, in back <laughs> of my ear and I won't see another shift for the rest. I might as well fucking take my skates off and, and line up dinner for after the game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. Mastros I want, for the boys. I, yeah, I, I, I want to play. Fuck. So, yeah. so that's, you know, to the fans out there who have an issue with that, fucking go put a VHS in the fucking VCR and watch them rock them, sock them fucking hockey. And goes back to see how hockey's supposed to be played. <laughs> I love rock. Listen to Don Cherry. Oh, you got the little best tea Don Cherry. Little tea time here for you people don't who don't like the new this. new generation to be able to handle that hockey, man. Yeah. Uh, they, well, put the fucking virtual reality goggles away and the fucking, you know, the whatever you guys call it. What's the game again? I keep fucking this up. Call, Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah. So put that all away. Go watch them rock them, sock them. Enjoy the way fucking tough hockey players used to play the game. And fucking enjoy it. The best thing about Rock'em Soccer was when he, he'd be like, we, after he had like four or five of them, he's like, all right, for you people who don't like tea time, don't like fighting, here's tea time. And he went like three seconds, like, all right, here we go. Prober versus Cox. <laughs> you give him like three seconds. All right, here we go. Now, when, when Sid comes out and talks about it, Broadway, listen, and we talked about Sid, I think we got a thousandth game this year. We talked about him and 
the one thing I said, the thing I respect most about Sid is that he had to battle through your flyers. He had to battle through, you know, and granted he got hurt, right? Concussions, he's missed some games because of that. But do you think guys like McDavid and McKinnon, they've never really been hit Broadway. Like if Sid doesn't say this and whenever Sid's, you know, time comes to an end, who is going to be the next wave of superstars that says we need this hit in this game? Because I don't think McDavid or McKinnon, not anyone could probably hit them so fast, but they've never played that type of hockey, right, Broadway? Or what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, see, I I think the good players, like you said, Sid's had the issues with the concussions, and sometimes those are just like the fluke hits, and you just get hit high, and you get that concussion. But the thing with these high-end players is I think that you don't see them getting hit as much because they're so aware of their surroundings. They never really put themselves in that spot. Like, look at Patrick Kane, for instance. He's a guy who's undersized. And has he ever been blown up? And he's been in the league since well, oh, yeah. 2008. I used, to, I used to try to get him, but I could never get him. Yeah, but like so I think those guys, Fuck. like they have an experience to hit, but I don't think they put themselves in those positions to get hit like that. So I think that hit has to stay in hockey. There's there's too many guys that uh, are fighting for jobs and trying to – that's the way you got to play. Some guys – there's guys that get paid to be a top six, and there's guys that get paid a bottom six. And when you're a bottom six, your job is to hammer guys and get pucks in deep. Guys, think <laughs> that's true, but think that's about exactly your job. Think about don't be this. late for practice. Connor McDavid is he's <laughs> he's our generational player, boys. He's he's one of a kind. He's look at what he's doing. But he's been hurt twice in this league and pretty substantial injuries. The reason he's been hurt is because he's skating way too fucking fast. Yeah. If someone was holding on to him a little bit and yeah. you were allowed to slow him down, he wouldn't have been hurt. He wouldn't have missed four, five months each time with a blown out fucking knee going to the net hard, getting tripped mm -hmm. and then, or, or falling into the fucking end boards and breaking his collarbone. Yeah. The game was never meant to be played that fast with boards there. Yeah, exactly. The boards are fucking more dangerous going 90 miles an hour than someone fucking, you know, getting hit or, or actually getting like hooked and fucking elbowed, I think. So maybe a little bit of the stick holds, you know, prevent a guy from Connor going down and fucking breaking his leg. That's, that's where we are right now. No yeah. one, they skate so fucking fast with their, you know, you're, you're saying, yes, they know their surroundings when they go that fucking fast though, one little trip on the ice and it can blow, it can blow them yeah. up in a second. Yeah. It's only happened like McDavid. I mean, those were, I don't know. I, I said that fluke, like, you know, like he's played, what, what is it, 500? Has he played 500 games yet? No, he's got 500 points. He's got 500 points, so he's, I don't know, he's been playing <laughs> he's 150 games. I just feel like when they play that fast, that's entertaining. Like, has Nathan McKinnon missed any games? Oh, yeah, 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 he has. He goes fucking so fast, too. He goes so fast sometimes. He's my argument with McDavid. We're going to get into it later, but he goes almost so fast. Now, I've been watching the Avs a lot. He goes, goes so fast that he loses the fucking thing because he's going so quick. <laughs> Uppy, what you say, I agree with 100%. The game is way too fast. And if you think about it, Connor McDavid has, this is, I'm going to age us now. He's never played a game of hockey in his whole life with a fucking red line. Now, I know they're never going to bring the red line back in, right? Because he's, Neither have I. You've never played a game with the fucking no, red line? No, no, Two no. line pass? No. Wow. 2004. No, but minor lockout, hockey. Right? Minor hockey. College hockey? Minor hockey? No, no, no two line pass. Not even in minor hockey? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, well, no. I'm only 30. When we were in no, my <laughs> first game, my first year pro, there yeah. was a red line. The second year, there wasn't a fucking red line, wasn't there? Or yeah, two no, it pass? was after the 2004 lockout, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And we can look it up. But So what, what were you doing in 2004? What were you playing? He was in diapers. Diaper. I was probably uh, in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably smoking weed in the bathroom in high school. <laughs> 
But I'll be seriously, and we're, we may take some heat for this, but they're never going to bring the red line back. But that would slow the game. My dad, Patty O'Brien, shout out to Pitter. He got mad. I called him a cheap fuck. You're not cheap, Pitter. I love you. But he always talks about the red. He always talks about the red line. I said, Dad, I agree with you, but there's no chance they're ever going to bring it back because these kids, well, Hazy, who we played with, never played in that in, with it. So, but it would slow the game to Oppie. I'm with you that the game is so fast right now that I'm scared McDavid could just at any time if he catches an edge or whatever goes in there. And really hurt himself. Yeah, I mean they're they're trying to protect that, like you know, little moves on the skates, or you can't touch a guy going back for a puck, right? Like th those are how you prevent the speed. But I'm talking about these guys just completely going balls to the wall faster than any skater. They might as well be in the fucking Olympics skating around that damn oval. <laughs> that you know what? Bring back a little bit so of the fucking meat. Bring back a little bit of the you know you hook you get a through the one neutral zone. Yeah. You're saying you get obviously not hook. not eighty four stuff, but you're saying it's not okay. It's okay if I get in your way and slow you down from yeah. one hundred ten. Then then, then the guy that's going to hit the guy, you can kind of you know you that. can get in his way and you can kind of hook him, and then he's not going to get a full charge at a guy to hit him. Or it's you know just yeah. get the whole. There needs to be a, f a fucking fulfillment on this. What what's gray? Whatever you want. Yeah. Call it. What's white? What's yeah. Black? The gray zone. The gray zone. Fucking gray about. zone. What's a penalty? What's not a penalty? Yeah. What's a fucking body check? What's a five minute major boarding penalty? Like, and these guys are in a race. And, and Hazy, another thing we talked about. I'll, I want to get your opinion on it first before we move on. And I think we all agree on this. We want to protecting the superstars. I've had a lot of guys come on. I've talked about it. They they, they don't think they do a good enough job of protecting the superstars. And I think they do. And before we get you to answer. Yeah. I don't want Connor McDavid hurt. I don't want Nathan McKinnon hurt. They're good for the game, but I think the NHL does a good enough job of protecting these guys. Would you agree with that or disagree, Hazy? I agree with you 100%. And I think people, yeah, you want the superstars in the game, but you don't want anybody hurt because I think when these teams that win the Stanley Cups, they usually have four lines that can play. So you need every single guy to be available. And I think the NHL does a great job. And like when you see a superstar go down, it's usually a fluke injury. I, I don't understand how you can change the rules for a superstar versus a, a guy like myself on the third or fourth line. I just think that's totally unfair and it makes no sense to me. Because then you're getting like basketball kind of, right? Like if yeah. there's different rules like for Like LeBron Connor, gets no fouls yeah, called on. Like if there's different rules for Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon than there is for... Fuck, I don't even know. Tanev. Tanev. Or yeah, great point. You know what I mean? That's It's a slippery slope. Like, listen... You remember when McKinnon got hit a couple weeks ago from the kid from San Jose, Hazy? I can't remember the kid's name. Do you remember his name? No. It doesn't matter. But that hit, I thought, was dirty. Like, McKinnon's head was down. The puck oh, yeah, wasn't... Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, was that... We don't... Need, there's no room for that in this game. In the neutral zone, when you get a yeah, guy's head... Yeah, blindsided. Yeah, there's yeah. no room for that. But Tanev coming across, fucking updog style, shoulder the guy, can't can't lose that hit ups. We can't lose that hit. And nope. hopefully this is an eye-opening to the refs. And listen, I'm going to give some love to... Do you to think Tanev gets suspended if, like, just say he puts that hit on... McDavid, or uh, uh, I say that was Crosby, and he gets hit. Does he get suspended? Like, that's where I think that's where the bullshit comes in. Yeah. Is when it is a superstar that gets hit, that guy gets suspended for it. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna answer. Yeah, he would have got suspended. I'm gonna say you wouldn't have caught McDavid or any no, of those players. No, Tenorti, no. I mean, he's a fucking, he's just a meat and potatoes. McDavid type of guy, wasn't gonna put himself in that spot yeah. to get hit like that. Yeah. And it's on Tenorti for putting himself in that position. And agreed. And um, a lot of these young guys, up dog that I watch ref, they're fucking horny like. The boys at the bar back that they want to get their hands on it early, and it's just like <laughs> penalty, penalty. And then as the game goes on, up dog, fuck, they got to call it up to even it up. So just let these games unfold a little bit. Don't be so horny to call everything. Like I, I look now. at this, Obi. It just brought me into this. You know, I get these little things, and I start thinking about shit. But yeah, I love it. What young players right now are treating the referees like they're you know they're part of the game, like that they're actually. 
that they respect them. You know, I watched back in the day, I watched chemo team and then handle referees. I would watch, you know, some of the Jason Smith's, my leaders like uh, Darian Hatcher, how they spoke to these older referees. I don't know. And I don't see it anymore. And I'm not a, at these games to watch it live, but I, it started to slowly happen that all of a sudden the referees are younger guys and they yeah. don't ever want to talk to a player. They don't oh, ever want to have a relationship with the player. Painful. I would look at them and be like, you, you're handling this all wrong. You guys, you need to fucking know who we are. You need to have relationships with these players so we can govern things together and we can understand better how to talk to you. And I just, there was always a camaraderie about referees and players back in the day, the Kaharskis and the Sutherlands and all the fucking <laughs> Billy McCurry, Kerry Frazier. Now, now it's like a lot of guys who have this little fucking sore spot that they never fucking played the game themselves for sure. And they're, I'm not going to, I don't know. No, no, there. no, you could say, but the, the younger generation of referees, you need to fucking sit back and take a, take a page from the West Macaulay's and from the older yes. refs yeah. and, and know that you're part of this game. You're part of this production. You're part of handing out the Stanley cup to the best team, to the team that deserves it the most. If you want to ref in the fucking Stanley cup finals, which has to be their dream too, you need to understand that sort out the fucking black and white areas for the team talk to the coaches in a respectable manner, make sure that they're, they know what's going on so they can tell their players and then get to know the leaders. If they're younger leaders and they don't like to talk to the referees, try to get to know who they are. So you, you know how to like properly set the situation. It's something that I haven't seen happen so much lately. And you know, it was part of the game that I always, I, I love fucking ripping referees. Yeah. I, I got more, probably, <laughs> I got fucking over 500 penalty minutes in the fucking league. I might've fought like 10, eight, eight, nine times. <laughs> I fucking would chirp refs all day long, but there was still for a lot of the refs that know my temper, they knew that it was just me kind of going overboard a little bit yep. and that they'd always respect me. I could always talk to any one of these referees. It was, it was kind of the way, it, the way it was. And I think it needs to kind of fill into this game now. Yeah, Oppie, that's a great point, too. And the one thing I, I've noticed, when you see a game with all these power plays, like, don't get me wrong, I love watching a power play, but the game itself just screws up the entire flow. So, like, as a fan, you're just sitting there watching power play after power play. It's almost annoying. But I, I think the referees need to figure out a way to – it's not going to go back to the old school way. There's no way that's happening. Yeah. But like you said, I think you got to let the players kind of unfold and – see where the game's going to go. And then you kind of, you police it as it goes. If the game's getting out of hand, you might have to start calling a couple more penalties. But if it's a game that's a high energy, it's got a great flow to it, there's no need to ruin a game with fucking foolish little tripping call. Exactly. Just let the game unfold. It's almost like some of these young refs are are just like, they're probably getting told, listen, we were players, the coach tells us to do something to do it. They're probably getting told by whoever it is at the refs association or the head ref or whatever it is to, to make the standard right away. But as when I watch these games, and I think it has a little bit to do with no fans in the building, right? In these Canadian cities. Like, if, if you kept calling these fucking ticky-tack penalties in Calgary, Edmonton on a Saturday night, you'd fucking hear about it. And if it's human nature, you might be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't call the next one. But um, to the refs, let the boys play a little bit. Tanev, good fucking hit. We love it. Uh, we don't ever want to see anyone get hurt, but you can't take a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder hit out. So Broadway, fucking missing curfew social media once again. Now we have someone telling you, to put your brother Kevin Hayes on the milk carton. What were your thoughts? Um, I think the Flyers have bigger problems than Kevin Hayes, but what were you, what, did you laugh when you saw it? I texted you. I, I was dying laughing, and the first thought that came to mind was the milk carton effect. Yeah. Because <laughs> every time I put somebody on the milk carton, they shove it right up my ass. So, Kev, 
I'll put you on the milk carton, <laughs> but it's coming from a good place and know that it's coming from somebody who wants to see you succeed more than anybody in this league. So I'll put you on the milk carton for this week. Maybe I'll tuck a couple goals. Maybe I'll take you on a prop bet. Who knows? But I think the Philadelphia Flyers have a lot more issues than Kevin Hayes. I agree. And we'll put we'll put Kevin Hayes on the milk carton just for that reason. We want to get him going. But listen, we're into the, ha- the second half of the season here, boys. And... You know, I wanted we wanted to dive into the divisions, and you know what? There's some fucking really good races out there, and let's start with the Mass Mutual East Division. Uh, Hazy, just give us your thoughts on some of the teams that you have had picked in. Um, you know, let's start in Philly. We were talking about your brother. Let's start with Philly. I know you watch them a lot. Me and you were texting back and forth. What are your thoughts right now? They're at 34 points, two out. With uh, Boston's got two games in hand. What can are they going to get in? What would you like to see out of the Flyers? Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers need to hit a reset button ASAP. And and I think the thing they have to do is they have to go out and get a defenseman. But the one thing we learned with talking to Frank Cervelli last, uh, last week was, does Philly look at this division and try to go for it? Like, that's the biggest question. I think they're a team that's in a big market that should always want a playoff contender. And, I think going out and getting Ekholm or Montour is one of those guys that would help that team right now. And I just don't know what you're going to give up for that, like because with the whole expansion draft coming up. But Philly needs help on the back end, big time. I would agree, and Montour would be a great fit in there. And now, listen, there's only going to get four guys that are four teams are going to get in. Now the New York Rangers are playing better. Hazy, do they have any sniff of? Listen, they're at 32 points. They're four points out. They're playing better. They got the bread man back. Do you think there's any push from New York? If you're if you're at the deadline, them are they making a move or just status quo? Because they have been playing better hockey, Broadway. I think the, the Rangers have been playing better hockey. I'll give you that. But I think that they're they. I don't think they had much plans this year for them to be a playoff contender. So I don't see them going out and get something. But there's a big rumor that the Rangers might be sellers, and I think they're going to try to wait a couple of weeks to see where they're at. Do they sell? And the big name here is Chris Kreider to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So if they're going to get rid of Chris Kreider, then obviously they're not going to go for it. So I think they got to wait a couple of weeks, but I, I just don't see them wasting their time. Fuck. It's so funny. You said that we had this guy call in from fucking somewhere in New York about Chris Kreider. And I'm like, he won't make it past the trade deadline. And I got fucking chirped about it, but I can see them moving a guy like Chris Kreider. If they can get his, his, his contract off the books kind of thing. Right. Broadway. Yeah, How it makes it makes sense. Are I they going to fucking fit him in Toronto? Oh, I don't figure it out. They I don't know. Do. Toronto well, always does. Be money for money, and Kreider just signed a huge ticket. What's he making? Like seven, seven bananas or something stupid? No, no. Kreider makes it's under there. five million. Oh, really? I don't yeah, know about that. Let me pull that up. Pull that shit up. I'm gonna pull. Where's that up Where's here. Frank Cervelli when you need him here? Yeah, no kidding. I don't. What? Chris Kreider. Look, I got the fucking... Chris Kreider. What do you think of his game, Broadway? I mean, he's got all the tools, but I just question his, his hockey good IQ. Call. Well, good call. Do, you, do you like his game? See, he's a guy that I was kind of like, oh, what's he going to do at the pro level? He's fast, and like he kind of makes some bonehead decisions, but he scores goals. And if you put him on a, a line with the center that can feed him, he, he scores. Like He scored 20 goals, so I think he fits well in Toronto. Seven years, 45.5 bananas. He's making six, five a year. Hum like, now. How, I mean, how do you put him in that? In that when lineup? did he sign that deal? Fuck, I don't they know. They just last resigned year. him last year through before COVID. They got 22 banana fucking signing bonus. Good for him. Fuck, I thought he made five mil. No, no, he just re-upped and they gave him that big long ticket. Um, 
He's a guy that I that I'm interested to see what happens though. I don't know if he's if you can get his big con. It's a stupid signing, I think. I don't think he's a bad player. Like you know, he can ski. He's strong. Like you said, Hazy, you put him with the right guy. You know, you think if they was playing with the bread man, he'd be getting. Is, is that who he's playing with right now? I wonder because they just got Panarin back. But no, he, I, so Panarin plays with Zabinajad. Zabinajad's been absolutely flying too, by the way. So yeah, six um, points one night. But I think the New York Rangers they played better of late. Philly, a defenseman for sure. Updog. The Islanders are captain. Andres Lee's out for the year. Um, shoulder surgery. A guy like I said that they maybe need is Ricard Raquel would be a good fit there. A guy yeah. who's been playing Anaheim forever. Your yep. thoughts on the Islanders? They're leading the division right now, 46 points. Do you like that? I mean, they take a lot of heat for being boring. I know we don't watch them a lot out west here, but just touch on them a bit. Do you think Ricard Raquel could maybe be a good fit there? I think if you're, if you're replacing a guy that has leadership qualities and that has big body presence, playoff presence, I mean, are the LA Kings sold on keeping Dustin Brown? That's a question I, I would raise. You know, That's he's a a, he's he's a solid player. He's, um, you know, I think money. I think the money part would work. I'm not sure what his cap hit is, but you got Lou Lamorello on that side. You know, Lou always does things, boys. That that people it comes from left field, right? So um, look for him to replace him with someone. Is Ricard Raquel a Lou Lamorello type of player? They also say maybe like a Kyle Palmieri's. Like Palmieri, they they yep. need someone like that. that now too. that to me is, I spoke about this on our radio show up in Edmonton with with the boys the other day. I think Palmieri, and we talked about it last week too, is a guy that can fit anywhere. He's dependable. You know what he does every game. Um, he has playoff experience. He can score. He can play up and down the lineup. That's the type of player you need to put in put in your lineup. We we get to watch Ricard Raquel here a lot. Handsome guy, sick flow, smoking hot girlfriend <laughs> or wife. But I, I he hasn't really, you know, I, I don't know. If Pretty he, good fucking rundown right there. Yeah. <laughs> this guy fucks him. I, I, I don't even know him. I skated a few times with him. But. This guy fucks him a shirt. <laughs> So, I, I, good question, boys. I, I I leave it up to the insiders, like you know our boy Hazy over there, and yeah. to see to see where the moves are going to happen. But look for Lou Lamorello to do something that no one's really prepared for. But he will replace you know that that yeah. loss of they uh, have to because they've been the biggest surprise. I mean, in the that league, hurts them. That yeah. fucking hurts them losing Lee, man. That guy, he he fought a couple times last year in the playoffs. He plays a big, strong game. I thought before that he was done for the before they announced that he was going to be done for the whole playoff. I didn't think they really even needed to make a trade in Long Island. I, I think I think they're ready to roll, man. They got two good goalies. The yeah. D's good. I mean, they don't get much love. Washington, I think they'll maybe add some depth. I think they're going to be a tough out. And then I'm going to talk about Pitt, man. I fuck, I bet against Sid and it's cost me. I mean, they're 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 flying. I think Berkey and Hexel are going to do something. I think they want to get tougher. Um, but man, they're just. Ka- Ka- like Caprius Cap, what's his name? <laughs> Kapernin? Kapernin. Kapernin, yeah. He's, Kapernin, he's, he's, he's playing great. He, when Malkin was out the other night, but um, I guess who's going to win that division in your mind, Hazy? Who would you pick right now? We're in the second half of the season with 20-some games left. Who do you think is going to win that division? Uh, I'd have to go with Washington. I just think Washington is so deep. Um, and and not, they're just playing unbelievable hockey right now, too. They're 8-2. and two. I mean, the teams at the, the top of that division are all, they're killing everybody in that so I just think Washington is a team that's going to make a good run here. But that's a team that's not going to – I don't think they're going to add anything. I, I don't know if they yeah. have cap space to add anything without trading a player, but it's just so – I think they just like their team. I mean, whoever comes out of this fucking division is going to earn it. So and they're going to be sore. I don't know how much they're going to I don't know how much they're going to have left. Just because – like, look about – like, Pitt, Boston, 
Philly, they're already fucking playing playoff hockey, right? They're playing each yep. other. There's fans back in the building. Like every time they play each other down the stretch, it's going to be a playoff game. It's going to be a playoff atmosphere. And it's what we talked about up here at the start of the season. Like these divisions could be great if these fans start trickling in the buildings. And and this division has been it's been ad, as advertised, I'd say. Yeah, I look at it. If Buffalo stinks. If we're going to touch on that, think <laughs> that of, stink. Th- out, of, out of the four divisions, and we're going to talk about them all, but think about which division, and maybe we should jump to it next, is playing hockey games that are just show up, play. There's not crazy like rivals. You're not beating each other the up. Central. The, the Central is exactly what I'm talking about. The blender, the, the blender division. It. Think about their path to the semifinals this year, to the conference finals. It it could be a, it could be a dandy. They they might they might walk through not playing any defense, just go on and point night every night, um, and then come semifinals when they play a team that's banged up after playing you know two best of seven series to come out of a bloodbath division like this East. I mean, you can have an advantage. This could be another run for like a Tampa Bay or Carolina or Florida. I mean. Any one of those teams right now, I think, are, you know, Dallas is falling out, Nashville is falling out. Um, you know, you have Columbus that's climbed back in. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about this, the Central, the old Discovery Central Division. I'm giving the fucking sponsors some love. Tampa, yeah, Carolina, Florida, locks. They're all in. Locks. Florida, yep. I don't know if you guys have been watching our old team. Well, you guys old team more than me, but they're good. I have been. They're yeah. fucking I've good. Been out on good a lot. D. They got great D. They could pick up a D at the deadline, but they're good. Mackenzie Weger's playing great. Florida's legit. Bobrovsky's yep. kicking. Yep. Carolina's good. Tampa's good. Who gets that fourth spot? I mean, I've been shitting all over John Tortorella all year. Sorry, Tortsy, I love you. But now he <laughs> seems to know what the fuck he's doing. I mean, they're back in it. Dallas, Uppy. I mean. I called it. You did call they're it. They're the biggest disappointment in the NHL, I think. But they are. In Buffalo, it's not this, a disappointment, man. Disappointment. They, they put everything they had on the table last year. Yeah. And then their guys are banged up. No Tyler Sagan. No Bishop. Yeah, uh, no. You, you know, you got Heskin in. He can't do it all. Klingberg. Unbelievable. I was expecting but, big things from them. But then, but then, Hazy, so was I. you get fucking put on that protocol in training camp. You can't start the season with everyone. You, you're playing catch up from behind. That's like starting the game two nothing and you know fresh season. The the feeling, boys. That's true. And if you've ever and I, I haven't, I've only made it to the conference finals game six two times. It's a good run. The, not a bad run. Had a great time <laughs> both times. Good little playoff check. The for feeling, you. boys. You play into June or late May. And you just you can't quite get it done. You watch someone else hoist the cup, and you felt like it was right there. You would think that would make you hungry to do it again, but it's tough, man. And and that team they beat themselves up over there. They they like I thought they gave it everything they had against Tampa Bay in that finals, and I knew it was going to be a sluggish year. A little hangover, you know. A little uh, what's the restaurant that we like to go to in in. Um, in Dallas, with all Nick the, and Sam's, yeah, Nick and Sam's, yeah, yeah, a couple. Yeah. They got the, the rookie, <laughs> yeah, party. rookie party. There. It's no. like Dallas is showing up for practice after having the rookie party, where they where they end up losing. Well, so. in their defense, their city's been open the whole time too, so they maybe have some distractions out of their fucking places. I hope so. And the, the fucking mad Russian got pinched. <laughs> okay, <better> be. <laughs> so Tampa, Carolina, Florida, they're going to finish one, two, three in whatever way. Hazy, who's finishing fourth? Um. I'm going to go with Chicago. Wow. They're on a skid right now. Fuck but they ever. I think Patrick Kane, with all the experience he has, the season he's having, you know, he's. I think he'd be able to maybe motivate these guys and get his team back in the playoffs. Yeah, they, dog, who are you giving Chicago that needs to, if Chicago can get their game going on the road a little bit, they need yeah. to fucking strap the work boots on and get get little road warrior action. Maybe sneak out a few times, you know, break curfew. 
um, and, <laughs> and then show show up ready to bang and and go out you know, in Dallas. Go out in Dallas. Totally. Hey, where, where, what cities can they go out? And they go out in Dallas, Nashville. They could go out for a pop or two. Florida for sure. No Florida, one even knows Tampa. who you are. You this can walk. Tampa. Patty Kane can walk around. This could be the fucking hangover division instead of the blender division. These guys could be getting pinned. Maybe that's what's going on, in Big D. Maybe they're all just getting. Actually, stay out as far away from Miami as possible right now. <laughs> oh there is God. some shit going Spring down breakers. in there. Um, I so they got the three locks, Obi. Chicago, Columbus. No, no, Tampa, Carolina, Florida. Yeah, then the, the three locks. Okay, right. Sorry. So, so Chicago or Columbus right now. Pick one. I like the way Columbus fucking puts it together down the stretch. They they always have. They yeah. always get in. Torts Torts has made the playoffs since he's been there every year. He, you know, he knows how to put the work boots on. He sent a message, a, a message I that's know. been questioned by Fuck. us for I weeks. I thought he wanted. To, I thought he was trying to get fired there for a bit, but I guess he's obviously smarter than me. Maybe he has the upshaw flu there because I, I had it. I was I was on, <laughs> we know you I was on the ambo. and not, I was not not having a good time there when I was <laughs> a there. Ambo. We know party. We know you're not going to be a Blue Jacket alumni anytime soon. We know no. that. I'm going to say the Blue Jackets get in. John Tortorella, good for you. You proved me wrong. Dallas, love the city. You've just you've cost me too much money. I've given up on you. Sorry, Rick. Bonus, but uh, they're not going to get in. They wasted too much time. We'll move out west to the West Honda Division. Now this is another division here, boys. It's maybe not quite like the East, but fuck, I'm telling you, man. Oh, they got some firepower in that league, though. They got some division. fucking wagons. Vegas, Colorado, who I'm going to get into, Minnesota, St. Louis. Let's start with L.A. Does L.A. have any chance? It's a, it's a good story. Todd McCle McClellan. McClellan, great McClellan, guy. Great guy. He's He said a quote at the start of the year that I read. It's time for us to take the next step. And I was like, listen, Todd, I respect you, but I don't fucking think it's ready. But, who are they going to replace? That's my question. I mean... It's a pretty good story for these guys. They're playing well. They got good veterans or young guys can buzz. Yeah, you and you pointed this out. I thought they were kind of falling off the map here. And you said, man, they kind of got it going together. Like, you know, they two wins in the last five. They seem to have it and then they don't. I think Jonathan they fucked Quick fucked my parlay last night. Jonathan Quick, the fucking parlay cafe. <laughs> and they fucked it. They were the only team that lost. You know, they're going to live and die on their veterans right now, I think, still. Yeah. You know, if, if the veterans can kind of get it together, if, if Jonathan Quick can f have a strong finish, there's talk Cal about him Peterson's maybe getting Cal Peterson's playing great, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's been great. So, you know, if, if, they put, if they put forth a nice little stretch and can climb back in, I mean, they're, what are they doing? They're, they're they are hanging five in there. points out with a game in hand over your St. Louis Blues, who I'm a little fucking concerned about yeah. as well. I got a radio show oh, today oh, talking about on that. From before we move on from LA, just because I don't know much about the West, yeah. But th with LA, that are they if they're gonna try to make this push, they're not obviously gonna sell. But there's rumors that they're a big selling team. And oh, how about this kid, Ayafoli? Is that how you say his yeah, last name? He's, good. He, he's supposed to be a name that's supposed to be getting moved. Would, really? Would anybody be willing to take him? Um, you know or what? He's he's, he's played well. He had some injuries that cost him some time. I believe he's a college kid. He had some injuries that cost him playing in the American League. But he's been great for them. I, I would say. Listen, they had a lot of draft picks this year. The Quinton Byfeld pick, we'll see how it plays out. I'm not sold. I mean, how you passed up on Tim, Tim Stutzel, I'll fucking never know to this day. I don't know if they <laughs> yeah. were going to fucking Germany because of COVID or, or I don't know how this kid slipped through the radar because you could argue that he could have went number one the way he's playing. But yeah. Byfeld, we'll see how it turns out. I just, I watched this team play last year. I'm going to give some love to Drew Doughty, man. Doughty, I thought just the miles and stuff, he's playing great. Kopitar's playing great. Dustin Brown, who I used to want to fucking kill, he's playing great. They have a great mix of their veteran guys and their young guys. It's something that Anaheim didn't really do, for example, right? They, they got Getsy and maybe Silverberg, but Kessler got hurt on them. 
it's like Anaheim just has Getze and a bunch of young guys, right? So now like Getze's like kind of stuck in one maybe or whatever. But LA's done a good job of keeping their core older guys and their young guys came up and played well. I do think they're going to miss the playoffs in the West just because Minnesota's that good. I watched them play the other night. Um, Vegas, talk about Vegas up, dog. I know you're a big fan of them. Is there anything you'd like to see maybe happen? Or, or what are your, can they win the West? Do you think they can win the Hell West? Hell yeah, they can win the West. These guys yeah. are, I mean, they've been there before. If, if they didn't think last year they had the best team going in the playoffs, the best chance to win uh, and getting knocked out by San Jose, that was deflating to these guys. They addressed it. Alex Petrangelo, he's been hurt. He's coming back in the lineup as as a top, you know, let's just say top three, four defensemen in the league. Their D are solid. They Shea just Theodore got. They Fox. just got. Yeah, he, we'll send him a T-shirt. Yeah, he <laughs> they, they got Leonard back, so now they have the goalie tandem again. Whether that helps them or not, they've actually put together a nice stretch with Leonard and Net. Um, you know, Pacioretty. Pacioretty's been. He's kind of refound his game. Is his shot? His I don't know what his shooting percentage is this year, but every time I watch him play, he's getting a goal from the half wall. Um, Stone's been good on both sides of the net. They have they have such deep lineup obes. They play strong. They play the right way. They got great coaching. Their fans are back in the building. Mm-hmm. So heads up. I mean, that's exact. That's the recipe for disaster for other teams coming in to play the Vegas Golden Knights and and St. Louis. Quite frankly. They got to get uh, healthy still. They're getting I, healthy. I watched the game last night thinking it was going to be a big one. I picked St. Louis to win, uh, had good odds, and they just died out in the third. It was 1-1 going into the third, and then it, the floodgates opened, and Vegas kind of found their game, and, and that's just who they are. The Vegas yeah. Golden Knights are a team that will will punish you uh, with this, with this exactly what's happening with the Colorado Avalanche right now, Obes, and I'll let you touch on yeah. it because you're that's your yeah. wagon. I'm on the they, fucking They are wagon. fucking play. I sent you a text last night watching the game, going, "These guys are sick. Yeah. They are doing things as a as a collective group of twenty players. That is what only you know one line does on one team. You know, they might be the most fun team to watch. They yeah. they pass the puck and they control the puck all game long." Their D are great. Our bo- boy, Bo Byram, he is he's absolutely... Back. He's, he's back. He and laid Macar. a hit on this guy last night, and I'm like, this is this is how this kid... <laughs> that Macar is play. so fucking nasty. And then Macar is oh. nasty. And, you know, if they're... Their goalie, if, if Grubhauer... Eric, Eric Johnson's still not playing for him, too. Eric. Yeah, so, yeah, so heads I mean, up. I mean, and I like the coaching there, too. I, I yeah. think it's... I think they have a rest... I'm not... Again, this is a fucking bloodbath division. It is. It is. Whoever comes out of here is going to earn it. I'm going to give a shout out to fucking Rick Talkett in Arizona. Listen, that team, I've watched them play a lot. They've cost me a bit of money as well. They play a good structured game. I feel bad for Rick a little bit because he's handcuffed there with, with just being in Phoenix. But he's done a great job coaching. Also, Bob Boogie, the boogeyman. I said San Jose was going to be like Buffalo, and they're really not. I've watched them play. They compete. Uh, Brent Burns is playing better. Eric Carlson seems to be moving a little bit better. So to the boogeyman... Uh, and Rick Talk, good on you guys because that's a hard division and you're hanging in there. Um, but I, I think Colorado wins that West division. Updog's got like, Vegas. Who do you like winning that West there, Broadway? I like Colorado. I thought two weeks ago I would have said Vegas for sure, and but then Colorado got healthy and this team has been nasty. I think Colorado is the team coming out of the West. Hey, Scoops, touch on this kid, Connor Garland, who's having a pretty breakout year. His cap hit 750 grand. He's playing in Arizona. He's been their best player. He's got a point of game. I mean, you know, a team like that's going to move move this guy. He he can play anywhere. He's like a, a Phil Kessel. He works hard. Well, actually, I guess he's not like a Phil Kessel. <laughs> Phil Kessel does work hard, but he doesn't like... Th- this guy kind of no, goes balls to the wide. He's a little firecracker. He plays like Konecki. 
Yep, in yep, Philly. He sure does. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's a Boston kid. Actually, my brother uh, skated with them a couple times this summer, and he raved about this kid. He said this kid is the real deal. And like you just said, it his skill levels through the roof. He's kind of a. I think he went undrafted. He went up and played in the queue. He's a smaller guy put up big numbers in the Quebec League, which is, I guess, an easy thing to do these days. But um, I think <laughs> Connor Garland, yeah, he's going to be looking for a pretty good payday. He's just kind of he came onto the scene yeah, a little bit last year, but he's um, he's he's making a name for himself and he's and he's doing it doing it the right way. He he's plays a little, hard and he's, he's a little spark plug, and, yeah. He's yeah, a little he's spark, a spark plug. plug, yeah. Fuck, there was a lot of fans Marshan, in that. but not as dirty. There was a lot of fans in that building last night, Colorado. Fucking, hey, I was like, nice to see yeah. that. Um, and last but not least, uh, Scotiabank North Division Uppy. We took some heat. We've been taking some heat from our fellow Canadians over some of our comments, um, which is fine. That's why we say I'm going on. But for me, I'm going to start uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. So Travis Green Greener. You know what? I, I got asked a question a couple weeks ago if they were done, and I honestly thought they were. And I wasn't blaming Travis Green, but whatever. He rallied the troops. Thatcher Demko is fucking kicking right now. JT Miller is playing great. Number 40, Pedersen. If they can get him back sooner than later. They lost a tough one last night to Winnipeg. They're back in it. I don't know if they're going to get in, but to Travis Green and everybody in Vancouver, good for you guys. Way to fight your way back in the North Division. I think they lost Bo Horvat today, too. He got hit with a puck last night in the foot. Yeah, he's a little day-to-day. Day day. Yeah, but he's, he's a guy, I mean, watch the playoffs last year or watch just that play-in. This guy was a beast. Yeah. I mean, it was it was almost like, is Bo Horvat that good? And he proved himself. So, yeah, you're right. If, if they get healthy and Demko plays like he did against Vegas last year in the playoffs – can't count them out. I mean, they're they're right there. They can catch Montreal. Montreal hasn't been doing anything yeah. lately. The so. only thing with Vancouver is is that uh, Vancouver has thirty six games played, whereas a lot of the other teams do not. Am I right on that? Yeah, they've played the most. They've played the most games Broadway. Yeah, that's yeah. That, so that's like, the thing. so Calgary's got three games in hand on them. Montreal's only played thirty one games. So that's the only thing that scares me with Vancouver. Their, their points are there, but their game they kind of ahead of everybody with the games in hand, which could come bite him in the ass. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be an uphill battle, especially if Horvato for any continuous time. But, I mean, the way it started there, Uppy, at the start of the year, it was it was pretty ugly for, for Greer and the boys. So to them, way to fight, way to hang tough. Ottawa's been playing better. Uh, Calgary obviously playing better under Sutter. I guess, I don't know who's going to win this fucking division, but who would you say is the toughest team if you're in the East Division or whatever that you want? You don't want to play if they do win the North. I like Winnipeg. Me too. I like yeah, him. Winnipeg. I watched him play last yeah, night. Winnipeg. They started off with a goal from from their own end. Wheeler coming down, chipping it by the D. Stasny, my boy Staz, going hard to the he's net. Playing great, by the way. Staz is playing great. He's he's a guy, but he's been there, right? So you need to lean on guys like this down the stretch when the dog days are upon us, um, and we've all been there. But Every day in Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, I love Winnipeg. Earls, man. I used to go. No, I, I know. Totally, but. They've always been right there, right, boys? They've always had a team that looks like they're going to make the next step and something happens. Halibut's playing fucking unbelievable. Uh, they got, they to me, still, they have a big team, uh, a veteran led by, you know, veterans. Shifley is, it feels like he's healthy again, is really starting to find his way. Wheeler's Kyle Connor great. is, Wheeler's playing Kyle great. Connor fucks. Yeah, this guy is badass. Man. I mean, he's fucking we good, talked man. to our boy PA. Of course, PA, like 30 a year. PA loves him and he's been young. He's like a. It's hard to even say who he's like. He plays like Alexander McGillney. Yeah. Maybe, and he, yeah. I mean, he's shots good. He's shifty. You never know where he is. Um, so I, I like that team. I like that team. So we all say Winnipeg. I agree. Winnipeg is going to be the toughest. If they get out of the North to be, I think they're made for playoff hockey, Broadway. They sure. Yeah. Like 
you guys just like, they're deep down the middle and they got the big boys and they've got a lot of playoff experience. I, I like Winnipeg a lot if they can find a way to get out of the north. All right, so we're in the second half. We had to put money on it right now. Updog, you got the most games played. You can go first. If I told you to put a G note on, who's the best team who's winning the Stanley Cup right now? I think the Las Vegas Golden Knights are are leading the charge. I think they're finding their game at the right time. The fans are back in the building. You just want to go to the finals. The ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking winning cash. And uh, heads up, I think it's I think it's their time, boys, to really take the next step and have some real long playoff success. Broadway, who you got right today? Win a Stanley Cup if you had to put money on her. If I had to put money on her. I'm going to go a little bit off the board, assuming they make a move at the deadline, and I'm going to go with Carolina Hurricanes. Wow, okay. You can get good odds on those guys right now. We might yeah. have to do that. So Gino could pay me about 10. <laughs> 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 I like Carolina Broadway. I think they do need to make one move at the deadline, but I, 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 do, I do like their squad. They're good. Yeah, if they could go out and get um, somebody like Arvidsson or Philip Forsberg from Nashville, I think that helps their uh, top six right there. So I don't know what the price would be there, but that, uh, what's his name, Waddell, Don Waddell in Carolina, he's made some good moves, and he seems like he's his home runs and all his trade and signing, so hopefully he can make a move and put this team over the top. Yeah, Forsberg would be a nice fit. For me, and it all comes down to if they stay healthy and they're getting healthy, it's a Colorado Avalanche. I just think they're deep. Kadri's playing unbelievable. Byram, um, they need Johnson back. McCarr, I mean, this kid, I mean, he, I can't believe how young he is and how good he is. It's do I watch him play the game? I'm like, he makes it look really, really easy. Grubauer, this guy's fucking kicking. They picked up a backup goalie yesterday. Um, I like Colorado right now, but listen, uh, we're giving no love to Tampa, and they're going to be right there as well. But there's some great races in the division. We wanted to dive into them a little bit for our listeners. Check them out, guys, because there's some really tight, tight races. And Updog, we're going to do the Good Life little promo here with the Hart Trophy and... The Hart Trophy presented by Good, good Life. Life. Our sponsors at Good Life. Get your... Get your gear looking good. Hazy, you're always rocking the Good Life stuff over there. But yes, this this episode will be sponsored by Good Life. We're going to touch on... Segment. This segment yeah. will be sponsored by Good Life. And we're going to touch on each and every award. Who's, I mean, who's leading the charge right now? And let's start off with... Uh, Let's start off with the Hart Trophy, Obes. I'm leading, I'm leading the charge for Good Life. I spent $1,100 the other day on Good Life. Fucking you did? T-shirts and fucking under shorts and fucking, yeah. Oh, wow. 1100 With the promo code, promo code curfew, curfew 20. 20. Yeah, Come on, baby. Stuff. Check Boys. it out. Did you get every color? I mean, is there any colors uh, left for me? I got a few things. Why? Well, right. I mean, you're not looking for double XL, are you? So you'll be all right. No, <laughs> no you're, right. you're right. Are you a jogger guy, Obes? Do you like to run uh, joggers? I got a few pairs of joggers. I got their shorts. Their jogger shorts are really, really good. I got a few of their V-neck. They got a little deeper V now that came out that I'm looking forward to come springtime. Ooh. I got a couple of Henleys with some spring colors. There's a little pink one in there, up dog style. I got a few, uh, four or five Henleys. Their stuff's great, man. It just, it, it fits well for bigger guys. It does fit well. Um, and it's fucking National League, bud. So check it out. Good life. Promo code. Curfew 20, baby. And the Hart Trophy will start here. Listen, I think we're all, we all do agree on it. It's Connor McDavid. What he's doing is absolutely <laughs> oh, yeah. insane. Who? Yeah, Connor McDavid. <laughs> I've been trying to argue with the boys on, on the power play about, you know, I still love Nathan McKinnon. I love what Patty Kane have been doing. Um, I'm done arguing. It's fucking Connor McDavid up dog. 60 points already. He's going to get over 100 fucking points in 56 games. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, he's the cre he's the hockey creature of uh, <laughs> you know this this generation. We used to call Sid the kid. Colby Armstrong used to call kid, uh, Sid the kid the the cre uh, just a creature of hockey, right? Creature yeah. of just showing up to the rink and you know living underneath the stands and being on the ice all day long. <laughs> um, 
Connor McDavid, what you're doing, man, it's beautiful. You're making hockey look easy. Um, making hockey cool again. That's Updog. You're says. making hockey cool I like again. That up dog. I've already hockey. trademarked that, so no one fuck around. Uh, <laughs> actually, the bumper Trumpers done that as well. <laughs> oh no! But uh, <laughs> boys, it's it's something special, man. Edmonton, you have you have a you know God's child up there. You need to put something together. Jesus. Do something with it. You, you got to put something together and get it's him only a and get time. him a Stanley Cup run. It's only a matter of time. because. There will be nothing better than watching Connor McDavid play in the Stanley Cup Finals for my hometown, fucking Edmonton Oilers, and watching him do something special up there. But that needs to happen soon. If it's not yeah, this year, well, yeah. you better do it next year. You got to surround him with some good players uh, because just imagine if you know you gave him three or four other studs. I mean, he's got Drysital. Uh, if he has some D, shout uh, out to I our love, boy Tyson Barry. I love Barry. Leading the, league, leading the D in scoring, hundred percent, and good for him because he he needed a bounce back year. He needed to come in fresh. He makes I talk about this on my radio show. Obs, he makes the best first pass right now in hockey, and it's the most important pass because oh, you crispy. give it to fucking Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, they go down and they automatically have yeah. a they have a chance on net. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. I how would it be is. giving those guys the puck a lot too. Totally. Yeah. Right. Just just find them. Broadway. It's it's Connor McDavid. Obviously, shout out to your boy Patty Kane. I mean, he's had a yeah. great year, but it's just Connor. That's what I was gonna say. What like it's. Like you try to sit there, guys are having great years, but what Connor McDavid is doing is it's just way too impressive to be able to potentially put up a hundred points in a fifty-six game schedule. It's almost unheard of. That's like got to be on pace for what one hundred and sixty with eighty-two games. Like he's, I mean, that's he's, crazy. He's having a hell of a run right it's now. Crazy. And Updog, you're right. They do need to win a Stanley Cup sooner or later, but it's just a matter of time. I mean, I don't know if this is like you know, like Frank told us last week, if if Ken Holland's going to empty the you know tank this season to win, but. I mean, if he stays healthy and, and like, he hasn't even maybe reached his best potential yet with Connor, which is absolutely ridiculously scary. So um, he's going to win the heart unless, I don't know, unless the whole team gets COVID or something. But he's, he's playing unbelievable. <laughs> not in so, Canada. Not in Canada. But to Connor McDavid, you fucked, buddy. And right now, I mean, I think that heart race is over up, Doug. It sure is. So, and it we're sure going to move on to the old fucking top titty. Oh, of course. There we go, baby. I'm on the fucking board. Thank right, God. So, so, so DraftKings top titty is, uh, you know, it's been an event that we've had now, I think four weeks. And Obi. I finally got on the board. You got on the board. Nathan McKinnon, baby. He picked Nathan McKinnon to get the week's point totals. And what did he get? He just, and, and not only I took Colorado to kick the piss out of Minnesota too. So I want some cash. Of course you did. He had three <laughs> against Mini. Six points against Mini, one point against Arizona for seven. Updog had Dreisaitl, who had three points against Calgary. Off, yeah, he went off the first And night. then the Winnipeg Jets, the team you just said, they shut him down. He had one point in two games, which is tip your hats. And then um, fucking Broadway. You took Sid the kid, didn't you? Oh, man. And he had three points against the fucking New Jersey Devils. Yeah, that's, that's not going to cut it. It's not <laughs> league, I'll tell you that. It's Hazy, not going to cut it. Hazy, Hazy, when, you, fuck. when you get back on the sauce, you owe me and Obi, uh, maybe, you know. Actually, I still owe you a bottle of wine, don't I? Yeah. For the yeah. World Juniors. I still owe oh, you a bottle of wine. Oh, you haven't paid him. I mean, I don't think so. He, oh. He's not drinking. He wasn't drinking. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Nice bet. Way to bet a guy that's fucking <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hazy, I'll, I'll, give you a, I'll give you some wine. You don't drink. Fucking beautiful. Uh, boys, we have an unbelievable guest coming on. Uppy, I love breaking it down with you guys. Um, we got Milan Lucic coming up next, so uh, thanks for listening.
Up dog, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy my first top titty win, but right when I get my first one, you're we fucking change changing up. the rules on me. Explain, it's just explain like when you get to the first tee box and I work a couple uh actually we got fucked over at my at my Upshaw Dachelor open. How the rules just kept changing. This loophole kept changing the rules every damn game. Yeah, you did. That's true. So That's anyway, like it. Uh, we want our fans, all you proud supporters, our, our sponsor, DraftKings, uh, DraftKings Fantasy app. We have a new top titty league. We're changing the league uh, from what we just did, which, Obi, you got to win. I got to win. Our boy, Mark LaBelle, got to win. Hazy's still like sitting with egg. a goose egg. So, Hazy, you like the changes. So yeah, I love the changes. So this Great. is going to be every Friday night. We are going to pick... Uh, our daily fantasy team with DraftKings Fantasy. Everyone can play. It's the top titty league. A $3 entry. You're going to pick nine players, Obes. You're going to pick nine guys. And couple you- forwards, couple D, utility man, goalie. And you're going to get $50,000 to f- Monopoly money, DraftKings Draft money. King money. <laughs> to pick Draft nine guys. Uh, we're gonna, you're going to compete against us. There's going to be a league. Obi's going to throw out a badass shout out to the winner every week we're gonna throw you guys a bone uh maybe send you this guy fucks t-shirt or something like that yeah. something cool and the prize pool three dollar entry it's gonna win you some cash so jump in yeah jump in boys i know hazy you're a fantasy guy uh we all are we all got the app our promo code is curfew kings but uh these lineups what friday night look too. pretty good i'm talking these are good friday night lineups we got oilers canadians in a hunt for in a hunt for a spot ducks blues ducks, that's gonna blues. be a shit kicking i'm putting o'reilly on my squad i think the one game i liked uh this coming friday with not revealing all my sources is that new jersey devils washington game just watching the team like uh washington play i think i might have to go after one of their goalies not sure who's gonna be in net that time but this team is rolling right now so i think a goalie is a safe pick for me there they're kicking uh, I'll go give a little tip that I heard because I, t- I tried this last night up dog a little fucking you know little pregame before the big game I had a hard time doing it it's not easy you got $50,000 fucking guys are costing 9300 fucking DraftKings bucks I was like fuck I like McKenna but that's a lot of cheddar so I did it this morning after talking to our boy Princey and block shots are just as important as assists which tells you where fucking hockey's gone but anyways so you may be able to get a defenseman for a little less cheddar to get your top end fucking forward. So a little tip from Princey and the boys here at Missing Curfew, block shots, go to your defenseman. Doesn't have to be flashy. Just a 5-6 D-man. He's going to cost you less money, and he's going to block shots, and that gets you as much, just as many points as an assist, I guess. We're still figuring this out as we go. And obviously, the more goals against during a game, the more they ding you. So there's been rumors of some guys starting backup goalies just so they don't get scored on. So another thing to think about, but $50,000 DraftKings bucks, it's, it's hard to maneuver your team, so you're going to have to do some thinking out there and bring yeah. it on. Yeah, and you'll see, uh, you'll see our picks every Friday, yeah, Friday yeah. afternoon. We're not going you know, to post them too early. We don't want you copying our, our, our insider info because we got Jimmy Scoops and Frank Cervelli you know, feeding us inside scoops. We're but, national leaguers. We've got inside well, listen, scoops. This is the new top titty league. It's going to be great. We're going to have some fun with it. Um, you know, I, I, my personal thing is finding, you know, the Upshaws and the, the fucking O'Briens and the Hazies, <laughs> these guys that sit in the weeds only playing a few, a few minutes, but go out and be game changers. So look for the teams that, you know, think of the teams penalty like minutes the, count? the Blues. Penalty minutes count? The head count? To head I mean, if penalty like minutes count, I might've been I a decent look, pick up back in the day, but I got a few <laughs> high sticks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so we got the Devils, Caps, Ducks, Blues, Sharks, Coyotes, Oilers, Canadians, Jets, Flames. Bring it on. You got your 50,000 DraftKings bucks. You play against us. It's how much to get an up dog? Three bucks. Three bucks. Fuck, you got that sitting at home in you your fucking change drawer in the car. Sock drawer. Sock drawer, whatever you got. 
The winner will take home a portion of the three dollar prize, prize pool. pool. So let's load up. I'm getting in on this shit. I already know who I'm taking. I got half my squad picked already, but I'm not giving it out now. But Friday, <laughs> March 26th, top titty fantasy. That's kind of what it is, right? It's top titty fantasy. Of course. www.draftkings.com or on their app at the fantasy DraftKings Fantasy promo code Curfew Kings. Curfew boys. Kings, baby. Bring it on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Missing Curfew. Up dog, we got another great guest here. Uh, just an old school pro, Stanley Cup champion with the Boston Bruins, Memorial Cup champion with the Vancouver Giants. Good Western and a League girls. Fucking stat that I like: eleven hundred fifty-five penalty minutes. And a guy I got to be <laughs> honest with, I, I used to fucking hate playing against Big Luch, Milan Luchik. Welcome, welcome to Missing Curfew, buddy. Thanks for having me, boys. Uh, we were looking up your stats, buddy, and 991 games played, closing in on 1,000. I just wanted to ask you right away, like, I mean, I got over 500, which I thought was amazing. And when you first started out coming out of Vancouver, to think that you're going to play in your 1,000th game here soon must be a pretty cool feeling for you. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot's happened over these last, what has it been? This is my 14th, 14th season. Wow. Um, you know, I was a kid that wasn't drafted to the WHL, like, like the updog. Uh, <laughs> I remember one of that day being one of my, probably my, one of my most crushing days of my life thinking that my hockey career was over. So, you know, um, when you look back, I look back at my life as a 15, 16 year old, I didn't even think I was going to play one NHL game, but you know, here I am um, nine games away from, from a thousand and, you know, a lot of, a lot of ups, way more ups than downs. Uh, it's been a fun ride. Uh, unfortunately, uh, COVID's killed the last bit of fun here that, you know, we usually like to have, uh, you know, around the dressing room and on the road and all that type of stuff. But uh, it's been a fun journey and, um, you know, knock on wood that, you know, these next nine, nine games go well and, and I, I hit that and get that silver stick. Uh, you'll get there, bud. No, it's pretty impressive to, to see finally a bunch of younger guys than me, guys that have had incredible careers all creeping up on their thousandth game. You know, Patty Kane and you, you're in a you're you guys are in a league of your own you young guys you guys all came in this league made a uh made a statement right away especially you Luch winning a cup early and um geez you're looking a little skinny though bud is the, is the lean. COVID? looking yeah. lean they used to call me the coyote the wild coyote I was all cocking ribs when I was playing <laughs> <laughs> I, had to stay, I had to stay fast but uh yeah what have you been up to well, you know, I always say lean and mean that's how, that's how you got to do it but no I'm actually I'm actually heavier this year um last year in calgary i showed up i think i was like 226 227 which was actually the lightest if you can believe it that i've ever shown up to an nhl camp at um and you know what i felt like lethargic i felt like i had no energy on the ice i was doing like uh i was eating just protein and veggies and fruits and i felt like i literally like i had no energy and i i couldn't even couldn't even get to like 40, 45 seconds of a shift. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go back um, to feeling and, and doing what I used to do. And, um, you know, just with age, I mean, I was, you know, one of the reasons why I, I think I'm, I'm hitting the thousand game mark at my age, you know, 32 and a half years old is because I started as a 19 year old. And what a lot of people don't know is when I broke into the league, I was, I was already 228 pounds and, <laughs> You know, uh, and and everyone knows as you get older, you know, you develop the, the man strength and, and all that type of stuff. And 
you know, I haven't put too, too much weight on as an, uh, from a 19 year old, but I do feel better at like the 236, 237 mark. Uh, I feel like I have more energy. You know, it's nice being able to eat carbs again. <laughs> you know, I have a like glass of wa- have a glass too. of wine, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I get sick of eating two avocados a day and just salads and salmon and all that other crap. You know, I just like, you know what? It's just messing with my brain too much. So I just went back to kind of doing my thing and enjoying life and you know, just having a little little everything, you know, mixing in the dessert here and there. You know, I do like dark chocolate. I mix that. Yeah. <laughs> so do I, Luch. So do I. Uh, now you know. Yeah, you know, it's you know, there's a fine line. I, you guys, three, of you guys know what it's like. If you take it too, I, I'm one of those guys. If I if I don't have fun and I take it too seriously, then that's I, 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 it, it. Doesn't work for me. I, I I've tried it. It excludes like, you're playing. Yeah, it's just worry like, about. You're overthinking everything, you know. Oh, oh, did I get? Did I do enough in the gym today? Did I roll out enough? It was, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, where, dude, hundred percent. There's too yeah, many nerds where, where that you play like that. Relax and have like two, three glasses of wine the night before. You know, you're just chilling and, and all that type of stuff. You know, that's where I feel like where where I'm having fun and enjoying life and enjoying myself. That's where I feel like I've always been at my best. So that's I think ever since I got traded from Edmonton to Calgary. I think that's what I went back to being in Calgary is kind of just enjoying myself and enjoying life again. Luch, you'll love this. You guys remember Steve Bernier, right-handed guy oh, yeah. playing Jersey. So oh, Ber- yeah. Bernie's yeah. first year in Vancouver, AV was all over me and him. It was same with me, Luch. I had to be under 235. And for me to do that, like I was in the saunas, it was whatever. But Bernier, the next year goes from 240, comes in at 225. But he's not any faster. He's just as slow. But now he's just getting knocked <laughs> yeah. off every puck. I'm like, Bernie, you got to put some fucking weight back on. He's like, AV won't let me, man. I'm like, you're not going to win the fastest skater in this fucking league. So Ever. you might as well get back to like. <laughs> and Luch, seriously, like, he went out of the league and then got back into the league with New Jersey. But him losing all that weight, it, it didn't make him a better player. It made him a worse player. And mentally, it, it fucked him over, Luch. I, I think so, too. And and like even in the corners, and I, I know some people might not understand this, where, where 225 is it's still a lot of weight. But, you know, having that extra 10, 15 pounds in the corner, I mean, oh, so you know what it's like to battle with a guy, you know, or if you have that extra 10 pounds to lean on a guy uh, throughout a game. You That's why that, you're doing your work. Yeah, by the third period, I mean – that's usually where I would, you know, get most of my points and score because I'd wear the guy down by the third period. You know, that's, I'm able to, to take over because they just can't, they just can't handle that extra 10 pounds that I lean on them with uh, throughout the first two periods. Especially if you're only playing, like, especially if you're in that, like, you know, sweet spot for, for you, Luch, like 12, 14 minutes. If you're not going out for 20 minutes and having to like keep up to these guys that are flying around, you need to be, you need to be able to finish checks, play like good, hard 40 second shift, get some momentum, get in front of the net, bounce on guys. You know, I understand you can't be 240 and skate around for 20 minutes a night, but that's, that's not the case anymore. And, you know, to be heavy, reliable, badass, that's, you know, that's the way I think you're more effective anyway. So I'd keep that weight well, on, keep crushing those. And stakes a lot, of, and let's a lot go. of things, a lot of people don't know too, is like with the curvature in my spine that I have. So if I had a straight spot, I'd be six six. So you got to take my oh boy. weight to a six six guy, not a six three guy. So, <laughs> you know, I'm two thirty five six six. Everyone's going, oh, that's you know, height to weight. That's exactly what it should be. So that's one thing uh, that 
you know, when you look at my height to weight ratio, you got to take into account, you know, I'm more of a six, six guy than a six, three guy. So, Luch, so we just figured out why I struggled so much in Boston. They had me playing at 211 at 6'5". So <laughs> exactly. I showed up at 235, so I'm going to have to put that on them right now. So, Luch, yeah, we, have to, we, we have to call Whitey and tell yeah, them. Yeah, Whitey. Yeah, right. When you first came in with Boston, though, were they like – because I remember when you first got in the league, I was like, okay, who the fuck is this Luchich guy? And I'm like, he's 19 years old. Like, they weren't saying you had to lose weight when you were younger, were they? Like, the, the Bruins must have loved when you came in with your size. and your, Like, I remember playing against you being like – First of all, let's not do anything that's going to wake – like, let's, let's not piss them off. And second, when you dump it in and forecheck and forecheck all night, like you said in the third period. So when you first came in the league, they were probably happy with your size, weren't they? Yeah, for sure. And and I broke in at 07, and, and the game is a little bit different than it is now. Yeah. Uh, but the reason why, you know, uh, white sides and, and Claude, you know, didn't want me to get lighter is because is I could move the weight. You know, I, I could always move the weight. I was always had no issues being, you know, F1 on the forecheck, you know, being first on the puck and all that type of stuff. So, you know, and, and like I said, when I was in Boston in my early 20s, I only fluctuated from 229 to about 233, 234. So, you know, they never had a issue uh, with my weight just because I was able to move it. Yeah. But you know what, I, I, I did go through uh, a little bit of um, whatever you want to call it, non-motivation during the lockout in 2012. So, as, did, as did we all. So, so did December I. December off of working out and skating, and then all of a sudden we started. And <laughs> all buddy, that one didn't work out too well for me. I'll tell you guys that much. If I if I didn't have my no trade or no move clause that year, I was getting shipped right out of Florida. There. Oh, Luch, I, Luch, I was so in one. I remember the fucking. I got an email from the NHLPA, and I'm in Toronto with Lupul, and they're like, "Yeah, we're starting in ten days," and I'm like where's my fucking gear? And then I get to training camp and Luch, the guy, the, the doctor's like, I hurt my back playing golf two weeks earlier. He's like, ah, maybe I won't clear you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, please don't clear me. He's like, we'll just ease into it. I'm like, buddy, we've been off for like 15 months. There's no easing into this thing. We play in like 10 days. So I was like, it was too much for me. So as big guys, it was crazy going through that lockout. Oh, for sure. Because when American Thanksgiving hit, I said, fuck it. I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm like, we ain't fucking fuck playing. Shit, we ain't playing. playing. And all of a sudden, like you said, we get the text January 9th, January 10th. <laughs> We're starting. I'm going, holy fuck. <laughs> so I just started skating. I literally started skating the next day. And like you, probably hitting sauna for oh, two, three times a day just to get ready. And you know what? I didn't have a great year that year, but I bounced back in the playoffs. And, you know, unfortunately, yeah. we lost in the final that year to Chicago, but you know, it's you, you live and learn, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I told the veteran guys in the I said, boys, don't fuck around with me in training camp. All right. I'll fuck you. I don't care how long you've been in the league. I'm fucking in one, but Luch, we want to talk about your Boston days, but, but first let's start with, with now in Calgary, you're playing great fella. Uh, I love watching you play. And, and when you guys brought Daryl Sutter and we, we all fucking loved it right away. I remember his post game press conferences in LA when they're winning their cups and you guys come out and play great. What were your thoughts on Daryl when he first came in? You must have been excited about it being a, like an old pro like you are in the way you play the game. What has he brought to your team? Yeah, you know what? Um, first off, I just, you know, it was, it, was a, it was kind of bittersweet for me because, you know, I had Jeff Ward in Boston for seven years as an assistant. And, you know, he was, he was probably the biggest guy that worked with me in my development. So, and he was, he was the biggest reason why I chose to waive my no move to go to Calgary is to reunite with Jeff. And, you know, I, I, I wanted things to work out 
for him, you know, more, probably more than anyone, you know, uh, because if you look at his, what he had to go through to become a head coach and his journey and all those crazy places that he, uh, that he coached just to get there and that opportunity is unfortunate that, you know, it didn't last as long as uh, people had hoped, but, you know, the sweet side of it, you know, I was really, really happy that, you know, Big D was the guy coming in, um, you know, had a lot of success and and playing for him that one year in L.A. And I and I really enjoyed it. Um, I know a lot of people are probably happy he's back in the league, just like you said uh, about his postgame comments. They're fucking great. Uh, but yeah, you know what? He's he's just he's he's a black and white kind of guy. Anyone that knows any of the Sutter brothers and the Sutter family. Uh, they're all black and white. They're no bullshit. Um, they're going to tell you what they want from you. Um, and if you don't do it, they're going to tell you again. And, and, um, and it's, and, and, and it all comes down to winning, you know, if, especially for Daryl, like it, he does it, he's hard on you because he wants you to be the best you on, on a night to night basis. He's not doing it because you know, he hates you or he's trying to put you down. And I think that's where, you know, this, this new generation of players, sometimes they, they, they mix the, the professional, professor, professional message that the coach is trying to get to you by taking it personally. And you have to take what a coach tells you, you know, professionally versus personally, because he's not telling you because he's trying to hurt your feelings or he's trying to do all this other stuff. He's telling you because professionally – you need to be better. And, you know, that's, that's, and that's where Daryl is very, very, you know, black and white uh, when it comes to those type of things. And I've always appreciated playing for guys like that. And and I look back to Don Hay and I was so lucky to have him in the WHL and, and he was so hard on me, you know, um, those two years I had him. And I remember there was one weekend, if you guys can move. So we played Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. We played Chilliwack, Chilliwack, uh, Kamloops. And I had a hat trick the first night, seven, uh, assist the second night, hat trick the third night. And I, think I won WHL Player of the Week. And he comes in Monday Monday morning, go to practice, brings me in. Goes, so you think you're a fucking skill guy now? <laughs> you're going to fucking get to the NHL by scoring fucking goals? He goes, you weren't hitting, you weren't fighting, and you fucking, you think you're going to get in? And I'm like, okay. Six goals. You know what? And that was good for me. And I'm not sitting here saying, totally. oh, um, you know, Don Hayes was, you know, it was bullshit the way he treated me. You know, you know I'm actually saying the opposite. It, it was really good for me. He was hard on me and on top of me because he wanted me to be at my best every single night. And, and cold was the same way to me for eight years in Boston. And yeah, there were times where I was like, holy fuck, like, just, like, lay off me a yeah, little bit here. Enough, but yeah. you know what? Like, and that's what I'm trying to say with a guy like Daryl. He, he's saying that because he he wants the best from you and he wants you to bring it. You know, he wants you to win. And it's all it's all win, it's all all winning battles. Winning battles, um, you know, getting into dirty areas, all that type of stuff on a night-to-night basis because those are the things you need to do to win. And if you do those things, the goals and assists will come after that and everyone gets rewarded and everyone gets paid and everyone has a ring on their finger. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Absolutely. And uh, Luch, when I, when I got put on waivers from Vancouver 
to not to, didn't get picked up. I got traded to Nashville. I was waiting for my visa, and I went and skated with your Vancouver Giants and Don Hay, and I got to spend a week with them. And I was in the dressing room with the boys and and hanging out and practicing with them. And I said to those guys when I left, I'm like, hey, listen, to this guy, he may be like a little bit hard on you guys sometimes, but this fucking guy knows what he's talking about. And I'd only spend a week with them, so I told you what you're talking what you're talking about on the Don Hay front. Uh, Luch, we watched an ep- uh, we watched a thing yesterday on our group text. We got it was. Um, it was your shift in the Memorial Cup. It's called the shift on YouTube. It's fucking the epic. Shift. You, I mean, you go in, you crush two guys, you get in a scrap, unbelievable hometown crowd going nuts. And the camera goes to Don Hay and he's fucking looking at you and he's fucking clapping <laughs> as, you go to, as you go to the box. And, and the look on his face was just like, that's my boy. Like, so that sort of message is huge. Now, I, I just wanted to touch on this quote you had when Daryl came in, you, you said, fuck, buckle up, boys. You, the, a good message to your team because they were kind of on a slide. Your coach, Jeff Ward, took the blame. Uh, now it's on you guys. So uh, playing for Daryl before in 2015-16, you, you know what he's like. You just touched on it. The message that uh, he's going to send to other guys on your team, how have you been able to help out like the Goudreaux and the Tuchucks just to say like, boys, now it's this, this message is going to be different. Let's all kind of, you know, I, I can tell you what to prepare, prepare excuse me i can tell you what prepare for but now it's on us like it's on you have you had younger guys kind of come up to you and say like you know i he's looking at me weird or he's fucking he's got that (laughs) look fucking staring at me because having you in the dressing room now daryl's going to obviously lean on you to help with the younger guys and the message and i guess could you just explain a little bit of that yeah and it's nice having geo here too because that's that was geo's first coach and um all that type of stuff but um just just told him you know just listen to what he has to say and and kind of just what i talked about was you know just take what he says with a grain of salt and you know uh don't take it personally and and you know he he's telling you to do these things because this is what you need to do to get better and and this is what you need to do to help the team win and and you know what like up until he came here everyone kept saying oh consistency this consistency that consider you know inconsistent inconsistent we're good for one game then we're shit for a game and we're good and we're shit and it's you know what like and that's where him coming in he doesn't let you off the hook with anything and and you guys both know and you guys have both been on uh all actually all three of you guys have been on you know winning teams and and you guys understand that the consistency that he's trying to get across is it's a consistency in work and work ethic and coming to work every single day. And, and, you know, those are just the, the things that I told him to buckle up for. And that's why <laughs> I use that word yeah. and him being a farm boy that he is, it yeah. kind of, you know, goes, goes hand in hand with that message. Hazy, before I turn it over to you for your question here, Luch, I want you said prepare to work. And his first practice, he comes out of the gate and he's fucking standing there, old school, blowing his whistle on TSN and Sportsnet. <laughs> and Luch, I'm thinking, I don't know if this fucking guy's going to be able to do it. Like, it's not like that anymore. What was your thoughts? The reaction from your teammates from Tanif and Chachuk, they were like, best practice of the year. Was that your thought as well? Hey, we need this tough, tough skate. Has he let up a bit on the boys because of the schedule and stuff? Yeah, and I think everyone wanted to give off a good first impression. Uh you know, we've all been through coaching changes and you know when a new coach comes in you want to give a good first impression and 
I know a lot of people made a big deal about him bag skating us at the end, but really it was only three reps down and back. So it was just, you know, we had fake media. Yeah. Yeah. Three days between games. So he was just trying to, you know, make sure our our legs were still going, but uh, you know what? It's, I, I think it's good, you know, to the respect factor and a little bit of fear factor of, of, of the head coach. It's, it's a good thing for a group and you know, it's, and you need to practice hard. You need to play hard. Uh, those things go hand in hand. And like I said, uh, when you have an intimidating guy coming in like him, uh, you definitely want to make a good first impression. Luch, I wanted to touch on uh, the Battle of Alberta, especially for someone like you who's been on both sides of it. Is it kind of like that little bit like awkward tension playing on both teams? And uh, like it, you knowing what type of coach Sutter is and like that first game, you get in a fight with Nurse and Kachuk's getting into a fight. Is that the kind of message that you know he wanted to send and you're trying to send it to your teammates? Like, this is the type of team we need to be to be successful there? Uh, well, yeah, obviously, uh, going back to first impressions, you know, we want to have a good first game uh, with the coaching change, obviously because of COVID. Uh, Huska took, uh, was running the bench that day. Uh, but, you know, Edmonton's a team that we were trying to catch and, you know, they lost three game three games straight to Toronto where they kind of got owned uh, in those three games. And um, yeah, we, you know, we felt like, okay, if we can beat them here. We pull closer, you know, in a division. And um, actually Nursey asked me to fight on that one. Wow. And uh, wow. yeah, so you know what? I don't get asked much anymore. So when guys <laughs> ask me, I, you know, I, I, I usually say yes. So was, even though me and nurse are buddies, I mean, totally. he, he came down, you know, when I was in LA in the summer, uh, he'd come down and spend time with me in LA, you know, but when you're on, um, when you're in a provincial battle, like the battle of Alberta, you know, there's, there's, there's no friends when you're, when you're wearing different colors. And you know what I would say last year, um, you know, there was a little bit more of that, uh, what'd you say? Like, I guess awkwardness now that you're on the other side when you were on the one side for three years, but, um, now, now playing them is, you know, just like any other rivalry. Uh, I think, I think the rivalry is great right now because, you know, since, since I've been in Calgary, I think there's been like four or five, six fights <laughs> in the last two years that we've played <laughs> these guys. Uh, and, you know, every time we play them, it seems like we're both, you know, neck and neck in the standings and, and all that type of stuff. So, it, you know, I think it's good for hockey. It's good for it's good for the rivalry. It's, you know, you know, it's good for the Alberta mar- market. You know, sometimes the Western markets, especially the Western Alberta, uh, the Alberta teams, you got to get lost, uh, you know, being in the time zone that we're at. So, you know, people tend to circle that one uh, on the calendar now. And it ends up being a big game. So uh, it, the fans love it. You know, we do miss the fans that they that they don't get to be a part of those games. But you know, um, it's 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 fun when those games are heated. That's for sure. Big Luch, you, I have this down. I wanted to ask you, and you bring up the fans because you played in a lot of big games. You won a Stanley Cup. You've been to two Stanley Cup Finals, Memorial Cup. And when I watch you guys play without fans, I'm just like, fuck. Like, you remember going into, like, Carolina back in there, or Columbus with no fans. Has, has it come to a point now where you don't even notice it? You're like, boys, let's just go out and play. Or how is it dealing with no fans after playing 900 and so games with fans? So in the bubble for the playoffs, it was completely fine because it's playoffs. You know, yeah. you're, 
every game every game means so much that you're you know you're just so focused on just winning the game um you obviously you miss them but you know it, it didn't feel like crazy different but i would say game one this year to about game 15 it that it felt really weird and really awkward you know it was like you know, when some of the games got into those lackluster yeah. season games that we've <laughs> yeah. all been a the part of. The dog days, Yeah, bro. we were like, fuck. The, the dog days of January or whatever you want to call them. And <laughs> it's a no-hitter out there. And, you know, like you said, you roll into uh, even like a – well, a Phoenix or yeah. – uh, Florida back of in the day, places, yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, like it's hard to get up for those. And – you know, I, I would say, you know, there was a point in the season for a good 10 to 15 games where it felt like that. And you were almost like, what the hell is even going on here? This isn't even really the NHL with with uh, with no fans. But but now with, you know, it being crunch time, I mean, we have 23 games left and we're, you know, we got to go on a pretty good run here to give ourselves a chance to make the playoffs you know, you're kind of back into that playoff mode and what it felt like in the bubble where you're just focused on one thing and that's, you know, winning the hockey game. And, you know, now that we've played 33 games, you're kind of used to no fans. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, there was those dog days where it really did suck. There was one cure for the dog days in the NHL, and that was just to go out and get completely wrecked with you and the boys. <laughs> with you and the boys, whether it could have been anywhere. But you're like, boys, Big man, is this, this is Groundhog Day. We need to go out and just get completely Even the hotel pinned. room got together. Totally. Yeah, I yeah, know. I bet I bet some days you guys wake up and you look around, you, you wake up, the alarm rings, you're in you know, some hotel, and you're just like, where are we? And what fucking game is this? It's, yeah. you know, Because yeah, yeah. you usually look forward to the Florida trip or to the – you know, Nashville night out or whatever, boys. There's There were so many good things. Um, I wanted to touch, and Jimmy will touch on this too, your Boston days, but one of one of the guys that you uh, had as a mentor growing up and we all played with, Sean Thornton, just what he meant to you as a guy. Thornton, is, um, he's, a, he's a legend. He was tough. Uh, he could play. I mean, he set a record for games played in the AHL and the NHL. Yeah, I think yeah. he's got 600, yeah. over 600 in both. In both, is, yep. Which is a feat, but... Um, Bring us back to the days of learning from a guy like that, having him on a team, winning a championship with him, what he meant to you. Oh, I love, you know, authority is one of the big reasons why I am the way that I am today. And, you know, um, and it was, it was pretty awesome too, because I know he just came off of winning a cup in Anaheim uh, when he signed in Boston, but you know what he, he's, Till then, still wasn't really a full-time NHLer until that 07-08 season. I remember, you know, flipping through the stat sheet before the game, and I think it said <laughs> Thornton only had like 75 games, and I was like, oh my play. I was kind of like thrown back by that, you know, 30-year-old, you know, guy that pretty intimidating. Yeah. You, 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 you know, he's been around the block a few times, but you saw that he didn't have much experience in the NHL yet. So, you know, it, I think – we were so good for each each other, you know, uh, and, you know, kind of, they called us what the bruise brothers there <laughs> with the poster and they had us like the blues brothers dressed oh, up yeah. and all that type of stuff. But you know what? He was, he was so good for me. Just, you know, uh, 
because when you're a young kid and you go to a big city like Boston and, and, you know, the fans love you and all this type of stuff. And, you know, sometimes it can get away from you. And, and Thority did such a great job, not just for myself, but all of us, you know, keeping us humble, you know, uh, making us care about the things that truly matter, uh, making us stick around at the end of practice to pick up pucks and, um, you know, making us, even you know what, and and he was hard on he was hard on every young guy that came through there. But <laughs> he was the first guy to invite you over for dinner or take you out for dinner and pay for dinner and all that type of stuff. And you know he'd set things up and 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 he made sure things were you know fun off the ice as 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 they were on the ice. And uh, like I said, you know we we thrived off each other. We were line mates for I think the first forty to fifty games of 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 my uh, start of my career. And we kind of, we kind of, you know, brought me and him and obviously and Big Z and a few other guys kind of brought back the identity of uh, the Big Bad Bruins, sure did. you know, back to Boston. And, yeah, was you know, and he helped me a lot too, because, you know, being a 19 year old, you know, yeah, I had to, you know, I fought 60 times in three, three years in junior, but, you know, when you get to the NHL level, you know, yeah, there's some big boys in the dub, but. You know, there's some, you know, there's some real men, you know, that you got to throw down with in the NHL. And, you know, I was lucky to have him by my side because, you know, he took care of the, I guess, the super heavyweights that, you know, we had back in the day. And then, you know, I, you know, I would do my thing and, you know, fight the other guys, you know, even though I, you know, mix in those guys. I was going to say, you were afraid to fight those guys. You really want to fight the super, super heavyweights. But anyways, but, you know, what at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm so grateful and, and thankful that I had a teammate like him for for seven years. And, you know, we're still really good friends. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I thank him and Aaron a lot for taking care of me the way they did when I first came into the league. Lou, just to touch on, like we said, like a Thornton fighting the, the big-time heavyweights and stuff. Do you think that Boston, like you said, you mentioned how they got the big bad Bruins back. Do you think that team toughness allowed you to kind of open up your game and become like that 30 goal scorer that you that you are and that power forward? Like knowing that you don't have to fight every night. You had guys like McQuaid, Chara, Thornton, Cam- even Campbell was fighting. Like, do you think that helped you progress to the NHL or that you become? I think so. I, uh, I think, you know, us being as team tough as we were allowed me to focus on on the other part of my game as well, you know. Because if I was the only guy there, then I would be, I would have been caught up in the enforcer role. And that, you know, that's all I would have been doing, you know, be the only guy sticking up for everyone. So to have the team tough team that we did, you know, (laughs) I even think about our 2000 or cup winning team. You know, you look at, there was me, me and Nathan Horton on on the top line and Horty fought. (laughs) And then you had, uh, you know what? Say what you want, Bergy. I've seen Bergy throw down a few times <laughs> and he get those lefts going and he catch guys sure by can. surprise. And uh, you know, and then we had uh, like you said, Thornton and Campbell and McQuaid, Boychuk, you know, Ferrance for his size, pound for pound for pound, he could throw down too, and, and then obviously big Z. Um, yeah, so you know, I think that allowed a lot of us to feel comfortable about our game and, and about our team game and just go out there and play because you know, it didn't matter who you were on the ice with. You knew someone had your back, and, you know, that was a huge part of our, our team, you know, ending up winning the Stanley Cup the way that we did. Yeah, Luch, I want to ask you about that because I got traded to 
from Vancouver to Nashville. Anyways, you guys played Vancouver in the finals, and what you guys did was intimidate the fuck out of them. Thor, you got thrown that series, and all of a sudden, after the Horton hit from Rome, you guys just took over the series. But I've always wanted to ask you this: when being a Vancouver boy, and we all saw that what happened to Vancouver after you guys beat them, they almost burned the fucking city down. How was it when you brought the cup home that summer? Was was there anyone like fuck you, Luchich, get that thing out of here? Or obviously, they just respected you being a BC boy, bring her home. Uh, you know what? There's still people that are bitter about it and kind of <laughs> motherfuck me because of it, you know? Uh, you know what? In the moment, it was awesome, you know, like being a Vancouver kid, uh, winning a Stanley Cup in Vancouver, um, you know, having a, my two brothers, my, my parents, uh, my grandparents, my uncle, and uh, Britt there. Um, you know, just having him there with me was awesome. One of the coolest parts was, and I told this story a bunch of times, so all the fans that were at the game, uh, they all stuck around until it was my turn to lift the cup, and they they cheered like, you know, they gave me the hometown cheer. Oh, so, nice. you know, I, I will That's always awesome. be thankful and grateful um, and appreciative to those Canucks fans that stuck around just for me. Uh, you know, because, you know, they gave me the the full hometown treatment, even though they were mad about it. But yeah. they, so all the bullshit that was happening on the outside and and those people burning the city down, those weren't the real Vancouverites. Yeah. Those weren't the real Canucks fans. I was just going to say those that. Those just people trying to fucking, you know, start a riot just for the sake of being an idiot. Yeah, But, exactly. you know, the real Canucks fans, you know, they, they've always been more than respectful towards me and, you know, even though, like I said, they still back of their mind, they, they still tell me that they're still rattled and pissed off about it. But <laughs> you know, they 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 tell me all the time that, that they're happy that I won it at the end of the day. No, I'm glad you said that, Big Luch, because that's when that was going on, people asked me the same thing. I'm like, those aren't the real Vancouver. Antifa. Yeah, those aren't the real Vancouver Canucks fans. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're like the real Canucks fans, they stayed in there, they gave you the the, the applause you deserve, Luch, because you're a BC boy. So I'm glad you said that because those people that did that weren't true canucks fans but um i want to ask you about another former teammate of yours we had him on um the big urn i know we know he has a great role with your with your organization now with COVID, i'm not sure how much you get to see him but just what big urn means to you as a friend and what he's done for your organization in calgary yeah he's uh he's obviously doing a great job uh i think uh he, he's been more on the development side lately because ray edwards uh, who was head of development, has been the assistant coach ever since uh, the coaching change last year uh, from um, Bill Peters to Jeff Ward. And so he's been working more on the development side. But uh, with COVID, he hasn't been around us much or at all. I haven't really seen him around the rink. I know he does uh, most of his work with Stockton. And, you know, um, you know, having a guy like him around is always great. You know, he's always happy. He's always chirping. He's always, <laughs> you know, uh, he's always got a, a story to tell, uh, you know, that's entertaining. And I love hearing him. Uh, me and him talk uh, every day for sure. You know, whether it's just him sending me some, uh, you know, messed up picture. He sends some fucked gift. up things over. Yeah, he, he sends the most fuck, to the text. Up sense of humor, but it's, uh, you know, you, you love it. But um but you know what? Um, hey, big boy. Me and him have been friends for, what, 11 years now? I remember, you know, he came to Boston actually on a trial in 2010. Uh, Peter Shrelly brought him there because Peter had him in Ottawa here. Um, and and uh, actually, Big Earn didn't have a place. He was at the hotel, and he, and he kept 
and bigger in style. He kept, you know, saying how painful it was to be at the, at the hotel. So I actually let him, I actually had a pretty sick, uh, I had a, I had a 2000 square foot, three bedroom, one floor apartment in the North end in, in sick Boston. Unit. Yeah, it was, it was a sick spot. So I was like, you know, I'm just here with Brit. Come on over if you want to live with me. So I let him shack up with me for, what was it? I think two months and, uh, <sighs> Fucking guy never left his room though, and just stayed in his room and played Call of Duty all the time. I think that's when the first Black Ops ops came out, and he literally just sat in his room and then go down to Cafe Victoria and get a tiramisu and come back. That's what he loved about oh. the North End. But yeah, me and him have been close and friends ever since. And um, you know, another you know what he was another guy that called me lots about you know waving to come to Calgary, and he said how much I'd really enjoy it. And I gotta say. You know, I, I've, I've really, really enjoyed the transition from Edmonton to Calgary, not just from a hockey and organizational standpoint, but also, you know, I, I really love the city. Um, it's been great to, to me, me and the family. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been a really good, good, good place for me mentally and professionally. The big urn doesn't mind hibernating though, Lucha, right about that. He would come in. Is that where you get it from? Oh, Holmes? fuck. That he, might be where you get it He from. would lay on the fucking the hotel room in Cowtown. I'm like, you want to go for a walk? Fuck that big boy. I'm fucking shutting her down all day. I'm like, and then he got up in he the morning. He likes a good three, four hour nap. He man. loves a good nap. And then he got up in the morning, get on the bus, Lucha. He's like, fuck, my back's tight. I'm like, well, you just laid in the hotel bedroom for fucking <laughs> 16 hours straight. Oh, that's good. Um, I want to turn. So. I was when you talked about him staying in a hotel for a PTO. He should have took a page out of my book. When I was in Edmonton at the PTO, I stayed. Uh, I got a condo right across the street from the pad, like penthouse condo. So yeah. I, I was living. <laughs> I was living when I was in Edmonton with you guys uh, for that. But uh, Luch, you were a great teammate. I mean, you uh, you grabbed me right off the bat, knowing that the team needed a little bit of veteran kind of presence and help, and you brought me over. You and Britt brought me over for for dinner one night. Played uh, played around with your kids. Yeah, that you guys cooked me a dinner, made me feel at home, which which says a lot about you. And um, I wanted to ask you about a kid that's that's going off right now. And uh, we just talked about him earlier on our podcast and what he's doing to this league right now. But Connor, um, the things he's doing, sixty points. He's it seems like he gets better and better every day. How how do you like slow this guy down when you play him? And what's it like? Do you, is he getting better? Is he faster uh, when you're playing live against him? Because Watching him in practice with us that year firsthand, the things that, that he does is, is crazy. So uh, how has he been, you know, what's it been like this year playing against him and how do you slow this kid down moving forward? Well, I mean, I, and I said it, uh, what was it, five years ago, you know, he, he's the reason why I signed in Edmonton, you know, to, to kind of ride shotguns or ride his coattails. <laughs> Just go to the net with your stick down. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, the year I was in L.A., that was his rookie year. And I remember we played him a game in L.A. when he came back from his collarbone injury. And I was like, holy fuck, this guy is actually the – this guy is – this 18-year-old kid to be this good already? You know, he, he's going to be the real fucking deal. And then – you're with them every day on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, you know, you saw him out there, you practice with them, you know, in camp. Um, and, you know, it, it seems like when you, when you feel like you take a strength of his away, he goes, okay, you know what? You're going to take that away. I'll, I'm just going to go do this instead. Yeah. So he's got so many tools in the toolbox that, 
you know, if you take one thing away, he's just so good at something else. He's just going to, he's just, he just does what he does. And, you know, like even on nurse's goal against us last week, you know, we get up on him. So what does he do? He chips the puck past, uses the speed, go gets it, turns up, finds nurse, boom, goal, you know? So, and, and Daryl said this the other, uh, other day, he goes, it, you can't stop him with one or two guys. It takes all five guys on the ice to stop him. And that's, that's legitimately what you have to do. <laughs> and even, even sometimes five guys isn't enough to stop him when he's going. And you know what? I, I, I said it, I, you know, and I said this to guys when we were playing together is there's going to be a season because he likes to pass. He's a pass first guy. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes he feels bad when he, when he shoots too much. And I'm like, there's going to be a season where he's not going to give a fuck about passing anymore. And he's literally going to shoot on every chance that he gets. And he's, he's going to score 70 goals because and wow. in, in, you know, I haven't seen anyone that creates that many great a scoring opportunity opportunities. Like he's like, he's able to create and he created himself, you know, he's, he's not relying on anyone else to create him for, for him. He does it all by himself. And that's what makes him such a generational player. I mean, Fuck, he's already over 500 points uh, in his career. Insane, man. He's gonna he's gonna hit 100 points here in a 50 games, 56 game <laughs> season, which is which is absurd. And he just continues to get better. And you know, he's the type of guy. He he, you know what he he's the type of he's got that Sidney Crosby in him, where he's you know every summer he's looking at something. Okay, I can get better here. I, you know, whether it's faceoffs, whether it's it's a shot, whether it's you know whether I mean, I don't. I don't think anyone has as good edge work as he does no. skating. I don't know how you can even think about working on his skating. <laughs> <laughs> He's that good of a fucking skater. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what? He, what? But you know what? A lot of people might not know too is is he actually. He's he's really strong in the gym. He he takes his off ice really seriously as far as that type of stuff goes. I remember the grip test. You know, you know how you do the grip test. You hold the thing and all that type of stuff. Um, he, I think he, he has the strongest one in the Oilers organization. And that just goes to show, you know, how strong he is on his stick. And that's why he has so many takeaways and, and all that type of stuff. So, um, have we seen his peak? Probably not. That's uh, scary. That's scary. Well, I agree, about. Luch, but that's scary. I agree. Yeah. So I guess time will tell to see if he continues to get better and better. I remember watching him like uh, just him. I think it might have been me and Cassie, and we're like in line watching him cross over in the neutral zone. And I almost missed my turn to go in the drill because I was just like, <laughs> every time the crossover would happen, his edge work, like you're saying, would get stronger and stronger. Not like most guys cross over and get their power from like that inside edge where you like push, but he's like pushing and pulling from both sides of his skates every time. It's like, you can get mesmerized just watching the fucking feet just go. It's like the fucking road runner out there. Yeah, it's crazy. It's... Well, and what he does when he comes one-on-one with you and you're a D man is he watches the D man's feet. So even though he's going hundred miles an hour, he's able to slow it down in his mind and watch your feet. So if he's going to like, Oh, if you're gapped up on him, that'd be scary. That'd be scary. It wouldn't be for long. Wide and take it to the net. And if you back up on him and you cut early on him. He's so quick that he just cuts in on you, and then he yeah. beats you that way. It's just, Morgan Riley it's goal. Truly, yeah, it's it's incredible. It's it's and kids these days they all want to try to be like him. 
guess what? <laughs> you can try all you want. Yeah. Like, I practiced with him for three years and I tried doing some things that he would do as, you know, as much as you try and practice, I'm not saying don't try and work on your game. I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe try to be like someone more realistic. Than him, there's only been one him in the history of the game. Yeah, well said. Broadway, what's the last one you got for Luch, buddy? Yeah, no, Luch, uh, it's, it's just another teammate I want to touch on because I got a chance to play with them. And I just want, it's uh, David Krejci. And I just think Boston kind of hasn't seen someone thrive with him since you. You, you played a major role um, uh, with him and Horton and that Stanley Cup. And, um, I just want to know why, like, why do you think people undervalue him? And can you touch on about how good he is? Because I don't think people realize how good of a player David Krejci is. Yeah, you know what? I gotta say, you know, he's he's been my favorite linemate that I've had in my in my fourteen year career. He makes the game so easy uh, when you're his linemate. He he, I don't know. He, he has an ability to slow the game down oh, yeah. to where everyone's playing at his pace when he has the puck on his stick. When you're open, he gets it to you. He's unbelievable at playing that give-and-go game, which you saw that me and him had. Um, when he hit a 700 point uh, uh, the other night against Buffalo, I sent him a nice, you're welcome for about 350 of those. <laughs> 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 no, but actually vice versa. I said, you know what, I, I wouldn't have got to where I got to without him. Thanks for the, um, thanks for the 42 bananas. It's I think because, you know what, <laughs> it's probably not as sexy as everyone else's game. You know, he, you know, he just, he just goes about his business and he does everything so well. And, you know, those, you know, that year when it was those years, when it was me, him and Horton, you know, we were the first PP unit, you know, we were the first line, uh, yeah. you know, we were, we were the, you know, we were, we were, I think why we were such a good team is because of, you know, him and his um, Kretsch's line and Bergie's line, you know, we were the best one of the one of, if not the best one to punch uh, as a top six coming at you on a, on a night to night basis. And that's why we won a cup and went back to the final in 2013. And, you know, they were able to do it again, going back to a game seven in 2019 against St. Louis. And big part of that is because of, the one-two punch of Bergeron and Krejci. And, and maybe he doesn't get talked about a lot because, you know, they talked about me a lot. <laughs> they talked about Bergie a lot. They talked about Z a lot. They talked about Tuca and Timmy and and now Marshy and Pasta. So sometimes, you know, he gets lost in the mix of all those guys. And, you know, what's crazy to me with Kretsch is, you know, you look at 2011, led, led the playoffs in scoring. Uh, 2013 led the playoffs in scoring, uh, 700 points. And, you know, like you said, he hasn't really had, a um, you know, a real stable winger, you know, since I left, but he's still been able to, you know, put up points and be the same type of effective player, no matter who his wingers have been. And, um, it's crazy to me also that he, he's never been an all-star Ever yeah, in his career, crazy. which and and I think if you look at the what was the 05 or yeah 05 draft 04 draft the sixes whatever he was yeah. I think after Ovechkin Malkin Wheeler you know he's the fourth best player point total you know in that draft and for, like I said um, his teammates and his few guys that have played with them Hazy you played with them yeah love him. Uh, he's definitely appreciated <laughs> by the, everyone that he's you know everyone that's been his teammate and for whatever reason, he might not get the love that he deserves, but 
he definitely gets the love from the guys that have been his lineman and have been his teammate. Well said, Big Luce. Luce, last one for me, buddy. And listen, I'm not, I don't want to get you in trouble here, but something that I've talked about a lot lately, it's the Tanif hit. And then obviously Sydney comes out with his comments. And listen, you've been playing the game the right way for a long time. Can you still play physical out there with the way they're playing the call in the game? Is it, or, or what are your thoughts when you try to go out there and be physical, depending on who's refing or just go out and play the game the right way and you can still be a physical asset? Uh, before I answer the question, I, I saw a stat on hockey fights right before I came on here. And it said uh, fights are up. Yeah, so they are. Nice yeah. To see. yeah, they are. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got that. Key. See, you know, it, it, it's looking like everyone's starting to get a guy back on their yeah, team. You know, it's great. because the bigger, heavier teams are the teams that have, that have been winning lately. You Absolutely. Know? And, and it seems like everyone needs a guy now. And and that's that's uh, you know, to me, that's an honest part of the game. You know, let, letting the player players police themselves. And but. To go to the 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 Brandon Tanev hit, I was watching the game live, and and then I watched the replay and the slow mo, you know, as they were showing it on NBC. And then I went on my phone, obviously on Instagram, and watched it a few more times. And and don't get me wrong, it's completely unfor- unfortunate that Tenorti got hurt. Absolutely, on the you know, Absolutely. if he's not if he's not that distance from the boards. He, he probably doesn't get hurt on the play. But, Obes, you're a D-man. When every time you've gained the red line to get the puck in, what are you expecting? To get fucking hit. <laughs> to get crushed, yeah. just like that. Exactly. And I agree with Sid's comments, you know. I, Tana, he didn't leave his feet. I felt, you know, he wasn't really charging. It was shoulder on shoulder. Uh, again, uh, unfortunate that Tenorti gets hurt on, hurt on the play, but when you're in a physical sport, you know, uh, one, one of the worst injuries I ever, ever got was, oh, Nolan hit me and I strained my, I sprained my SC joint here, separated it. And it was just a shoulder to shoulder hit on the boards and I got crunched in and you get hurt. And that's what happens. It happens in football. It happens in hockey. It happens in rugby. It happens in, you know, any physical sport that you, you sign up for. There, you know, there's a chance of getting hurt, even if it's if it's uh, a clean hit. So, um, I agree with what what Sid said in in his comments, and I I felt like if if he's not that distance away from the boards, there there's no penalty, there's probably no injury, there's and it's just another clean hit. But you know, I think one of the the beauty of our games and it is the phys- physicality part of it. And, and I'd like to see it, you know, continue the way that it is. And, and another part of it is also is, you know, letting players police, police themselves because I find when they're, when they're, it, when you don't allow the players to police themselves, then the chippiness picks up. You see the dirty stick plays, you see the dirty hits, because you know, okay, in the back of your mind, you know, okay, no one's coming after me. But when you have that little bit of fear that someone's might come after me if I do a dirty, dirty play, then you think twice about making a dirty play with your stick or hitting someone from behind or, or someone like that. Absolutely. And I, I, that's a hit that I've said all week you know, on NHL Network with Cooling the Boys. Is, that's a hit that we have to keep in our game. And yeah, you never want to see Tenorti go in the ball, boards like that. It was an unfortunate situation, but... 
you know, when you see ex-players and a guy's still playing that or having a problem with it, up dog, that's just a hit we got to keep in there. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate what happened, but you can't take that hit at home. No, it's part of the game. Part of the game is intimidation factor, especially when you play these teams over and over and over again. You you want to be hard on their top guys in a legal fashion, and that's just a legal fashion. If I said it too on your show. If you can't get that red line and you're away from the boards, yeah. fucking peel back, go D to D to D, back to D, fucking to whatever fucking you want. Out of the playoffs. To right out of the fucking playoffs. <laughs> well, hey, hey, you guys know this too. Imagine you're playing for torts and yeah. kind of swings away from that check and doesn't finish that guy. And let's say he's a borderline NHL, AHLer. Absolutely. So if he doesn't make that hit, then what? He. You know, he's getting called out in video, called out in front of the team, uh, looking like a piece of shit because he's or looking like he's soft because yep. he's not because uh, he's not not willing to make the other guy pay a price. Like you said, there's an intimidation factor. And what next thing you know, you get a call, boom, you back down in the minors. You're not playing hard enough. So guys got to do what they got to do to stay in the league. And if it's within the rules, you got to uh, sometimes, you know, unfortunate things happen. But, you know, it's um it, it happens right you guys yeah. all three of you guys know that as well well said luch and That's um point. listen buddy we appreciate having you on here We're, i'm not going to bring up the our volleyball story in malibu who we lost to <laughs> on the volleyball game i'll just <laughs> i'll keep that to me and you but it was I all because of loophole i will say the one actor that did play at least big luch fell on his foot near the net and he had a bruised foot the next day but uh we'll, we'll keep that story to ourselves big fella but um <laughs> listen we're proud of you. We all played against you. We knew how uh, how much of a beast you were. Keep going. Uh, we're pulling for the flames here at Mr. Curfew. We'd love to have you back on again, buddy, and and keep going and stay healthy. All right. Thanks, guys. Of course, Lush. Thank thanks, you. bud. Up dog, big Luch, Milan Lucic. Guy was a fucking nightmare to play against. Luch. Michael, how you, Luch? I, I, I'd butter oh, him up man. at the face-offs. Hey, Luch, what's up, buddy? How you doing? But, um, <laughs> you little buddy. Cutting you know, hey, Luch, how you doing, buddy? Where was dinner last night? But what a great guy. <laughs> great Tell, guy. Still Friendly loves the giant. Game. Yeah, still loves the game. Loves the game. Smart. Obes, we, we talked about it right after immediately like well-spoken guy's been through it all stanley cup winner memorial cup champ good family guy uh a guy you'd love to have in the room and, and crush a couple glasses of wine with um nice for him to come on man i know he's got a lot on his plate he's on the road um you know calgary's in the heat the playoff spot with the new coach and they're finding their way i think their offense gets going again they're going to be right there so uh nice to have him on and uh you know, Hazy, he's a big boy in Boston. Yeah, he did a Boston lot for those legend, boys. Broadway. Yeah, he, he's definitely got the keys to the city in Boston, and you guys just hit it right on the head there. He's a legend in Boston. And you know what? He's a guy that seems like he leaves his impact on every team he plays for because I got traded to Boston the year that he left, and guys just raved about him, and teams seemed to rave about him. I mean, how do you not rave about a guy who can score goals and then beat the shit out of anybody in the league on any given night? Yeah, he's a beauty. You, you got to have a couple keys to some back doors in Boston, maybe. He has the front doors. You got the keys to the back doors or what, eh? I'm definitely sliding the back door in some of these places. Yeah, no. It's, it's Simon Lucic, unbelievable, man. Beauty. Keep going, buddy. He's about to get 1,000 games. Hopefully, I didn't jinx him. I didn't even think about that after. Stay healthy. Don't, nah, get, don't get hurt, big fella. We need to get to 1,000. Um, to you guys, uh, always a great show up, dog. Went through to Divisions. Watched some hockey. Enjoy the weekend. Broadway, get ready for the top titty challenge on Friday, bud. I'll be doing my homework, boys. I was missing curfew.